Welcome to the Ashley and Jessicast. I started this podcast because of my love for Jessica and Ashley Simpson, but due to the support of my amazing listeners, I have been able to expand to other topics as well to feed my pop culture obsession and yours. Join me as we time travel through some of the most interesting figures in music, movies, TV, and beyond. I'm your host, Leah Russo. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Ashley and Jessicast. Though this is episode 101, this is the 100th birthday, anniversary, whatever you want to call it, celebration of this podcast because I hit 100 episodes. I can't believe that. That's amazing. That's mind-blowing. I had to acknowledge it in some way because I just really want to say thank you to all of you for listening, whether you've listened to one episode or you've listened to all of them. I am so appreciative because this podcast is one of the most beautiful outlets that I ever could have imagined for myself in this life. I mean, I am an extremely passionate person. I'm always like the most passionate person in the room. Other people want to talk about things, sure, but I want to (laughs) know every detail and get in so deep and discuss it at length and examine it. And other people are like, yeah, no, we, we like the thing, but we don't like the thing that much. Calm down. That's always been the vibe. And I've always been like, no, like must know more, must examine more, must discuss more. I just love pop culture more than anything. And my friends can only stand so many hours of me going on and on and being like, no, but you don't understand. Ashley Simpson is actually extremely talented. What happened was she had acid reflux that night. She could not sing. I mean, look, Doing this podcast has really helped me meet my people, you know? I always say that the best way to make friends is just let your freak flag fly. Not that I'm so weird or anything. I don't want to sound like that girl on TikTok that's like, call me crazy if you want, but I don't like store-bought pesto. Like, I get that I'm not, you know, a total weirdo or anything like that, but I feel like letting your freak flag fly... And just being yourself and putting it out there, you'll always attract your people. There might be a lot of people that don't get it, but the people that are your people will respond and flock to you, and that's exactly what happened. And I started this podcast in October of 2020, so I had not made any new friends. And I'm a pretty, like, introverted person. I have a small friend group. I'm not the gal that's like friends with everybody and super social and out all the time. That's just never been me. So it's not like I make tons of new friends every year anyway. But especially during the pandemic, during isolation, I never thought that I would be making friends that live all around the world. Not just friends, but people that really have the same niche interests as me and want to listen to me go on and on and on about them for hours at a time. And I have to give a special thank you to my Patreon subscribers. My Patreon started in late 2021. And honestly, like those of you who subscribed at the beginning, you guys are really my people, like even more than all the other people are my people. Because I think my Patreon was kind of a lot of like 
I don't know how to explain it. It definitely wasn't popping right off the bat. I had to definitely get the hang of it. So I really appreciate those early subscribers that were just like, oh, Leah's doing a Patreon? Gotta subscribe. That means the world to me. Now, I think my Patreon is like amazing and so worth the money. Like I'm very proud of it. I think it's more than worth the money. I'm very confident and and pleased with it. And as a result, I have so many more subscribers and I appreciate each and every one of you because Anyone who can listen to the main feed of the podcast and say to yourself, you know what, I'd like more of this, that is just beyond a dream. I really, really appreciate it so much because I work so hard on every single episode. I work too hard on them, actually. I should dial it down. I I wish I knew when to close the laptop and stop researching and, you know, Leah, you don't have to get so in-depth into every little detail, but I can't. I'm just... uh, when my brain is tickled by something, ooh, girl, I just have to go there. And uh, so I really appreciate it. It's just so amazing and kind and lovely that you guys are out there listening and your feedback is always so welcome and makes my day every single time. So I really hope you'll hear my heartfelt thank you in this episode because, you know, it is really personal to me. This is not just something I do as a hobby because, oh, I like it. No. You may or may not know that I'm an actress. I've been acting since I was a kid. And it's something I'm extremely passionate about. I love doing it. I can't imagine doing anything else. I mean, except performing in general. I'm, I am a performer, but the main thing that I do is acting. I'm definitely like an actress who can sing and dance, not like a singer who sometimes acts, you know. And I've done so many different types of performance over the course of my life, and I love so much of it. And I never really thought of podcast as performing, but now I do. And It's amazing because as an actor, it's really difficult. It's a road less traveled, you know? It's not the most typical career. There are no guarantees. Some of the most famous actors that you love, that you think are so rich and have the greatest lives, are literally just waiting for their agents to call every day and God, please let them, you know? It's it's difficult for most of us. 98% of the people that are in the union, and this doesn't even count actors that are not in the union, 98% of actors in SAG do not make their full income from acting. So that just goes to show that even when you're in the union and you're successful enough that you have insurance and everything because of being an actor and not because of anything else, you still are not making your main income. 98%, that means 2% of people in SAG are people that make their main income acting. And those are people like Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Those are people like that, right? But most of us, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of us, don't have that luxury. And it's really tough. I'm not complaining. I chose it and I will continue to choose it. I love it. I am happier performing than in any other situation. But One of the things that sucks is that traditionally you do have to kind of wait for your agent to call. Like, yes, there are things that you can do to help promote yourself or network or get out there and and all of that, but that's so exhausting. (laughs) It's really difficult. It's really difficult. So, so much of it is luck. Like, 
as talented as a lot of those 2% people are, so much of it is luck because you would be shocked at how many people are just overwhelmingly beyond talented that you will never see that, you know, I see in little theaters in the village in New York City and they are just giving a Meryl Streep level performance and nobody outside of this theater will ever know and it's devastating and like I said, it's it's a tough gig. So I run my own entertainment company and that is amazing for me because I create my own gigs. I, I get my own gigs. I hire myself. I cast myself. I don't have to wait for my agent to call. And that's something that over the past five years of running the company has been a amazing, brilliant dream come true development in my life. And the podcast is the next step of that, right? Because it's another performing job in which I don't have to wait for anybody to tell me you got it. I don't have to wait for anybody to say, congrats, we picked you. I pick myself. At any time, I can record whatever the hell I want and put it on the feed and it reaches somebody and it touches somebody. And look, I'm not saying my podcast is this life-changing thing that is saving lives. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not. But people listen to my podcast every single day. Even when I have not put things out, I know because I see the numbers. So I see people listening every single day. So that means when I'm laying on my couch doing nothing and I'm exhausted and I'm trying to catch up on sleep, there are still people out there being entertained by me. And that for me is the greatest gift in the world because when you are an actor and you go through so many years of rejection and rejection is is if you're lucky, right? <laughs> like you're lucky if you get rejected. That means that you have uh, auditions and you have callbacks going on, right? Sometimes there's just nothing happening and and COVID was a big, 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 big detriment that made things even more difficult in the lives of performers. And look, I know it was so much harder for so many other people across so many different industries and people lost their lives. Again, I'm not trying to say that anything is so, so hard for me. I'm just trying to say that having this outlet is everything because I have – no need to wait for anybody's permission. I don't have to wait for somebody to unhook the velvet rope and let me through. I can entertain people on my own volition, however I want to, whenever I want to. And without you guys, it would just be me talking into the void. So I just wanted to explain all that and let you guys know that for me, this is so much deeper than just I love sync. let's talk about it. No, it's it's really like my life and it's amazing. I love creating things for other people to be entertained by and hopefully learn something as well. You know, I was uh, recording with Anna from This Must Be Pop, which that'll be coming out not the next episode, the episode after. And she she said that she's like, you know, we're journalists. And I was like, I'm not a journalist. Journalists are – they're running around getting the scoop and, and I'm – just sitting here with my little mic talking about Jessica Simpson. But then I was like, no, I am a journalist. God damn it. <laughs> in some way, in some way. I'm not saying I'm like, you know, Barbara Walters. Okay, so just calm down. But I'm <laughs> – but the reporting that I that I do on um, – I think especially with my series that are more in-depth and really require a ton of research. It is a form of journalism and it's – you know, thank you, Anna, for saying that and making me – realize that and not selling myself short and not saying, oh, I'm just a girl with a microphone. Uh, it's just great. It's it's an amazing outlet. And like I said, without you guys, I would just be talking into the void. And and you guys know I love Hanson and I've met them and talked to them a thousand times. And I remember one time I thanked them because they were doing something special. And I 
was invited to it. And I was like, thank you so much for doing this. Like, you guys always do such amazing things. And like, I just really appreciate everything you do. And just thanks for doing the show. And uh, Taylor was like, well, thank you for coming. Because if you didn't come, it would just be us standing in this empty room singing. And that would be embarrassing. And I was like, okay. They say that to a lot of people. I know that wasn't like my little special message, but it was just so funny. And I was like, that's actually true. So without you guys, I would just be sitting in an empty room, which I am sitting in an empty room. But, uh, you know, this goes out to so many wonderful people and it's just amazing. So I just am so grateful to you guys. So here's what this episode is going to be. It is going to be me reading your comments about the podcast. And I got so many lovely ones. I'm not going to be able to include all of them, but I will respond to each and every one of them. I also have a lot of questions. I'm going to be playing some voice memos from my listeners. I love you guys so much. I haven't even listened to them yet. I'm going to listen to them on the spot so you get my real reactions. Oh, I'm just so excited. This is going to be such a fun episode. So so now <laughs> let's get into our first message here. This is the first one I got, so I'm going to read it first. It says, Hi, Leah. My name is Beth, and I found your podcast during the Lindsay series. If you guys don't know about my Lindsay Lohan series, I'm so proud of it. <laughs> I think it's 17 episodes, so maybe a little uh, excessive, but it's a very in-depth look at her mm, entire life. So, Lindsay, please don't put a restraining order against me. I promise it was all in uh, good faith. So I'm really happy that you found my podcast through that, Beth. Thank you so much. She continues, while I was waiting for new episodes, I started binging some of the Jessica and Ashley ones, even though I was never a super fan of either. Well, now I am. My favorites are the whole Lindsay series, but especially the later ones. Weirdly enough, I knew so much about her early career when she was so big, but the way you detailed her journey through her addiction, jail time, her highs and lows leading to where she is today, I actually cried at the end. Oh, I cried too. <laughs> Because going on that journey, like talking through that journey as a huge fan of hers, that was a lot for me too. So I feel you, girl. My other favorites are your autobiography series on Ashley, which is now one of my favorite albums after revisiting it because of you. You're amazing. Oh my God. Beth, thank you. The fact that I made someone listen to autobiography, I mean, it sounds like you had already heard it because you said revisiting, but like still... The fact that I made you into an autobiography stan, my work here is done. I can die now. I've I've done enough on this earth. <laughs> so she says, my question is, your research is so extensive. Where do you even begin and what is the process like? Thank you from the UK. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Beth. That was uh, life-changing, superior, amazing. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. And oh. Yes, my research is extensive. Where do I begin? Uh, well, I can't reveal all my secrets, but I – where do I begin? I don't even know. Where do I begin? Okay, I I begin, especially with a case like Lindsay where I already know about her life. I know a lot about her life. I create like an outline of stuff that I remember just totally from memory. I create like a little outline. And so for Lindsay, it would be like, okay, parent trap comes out 1998 confessions of a teenage drama queen comes out 2004 like obviously there's a lot in between those two but you know what I mean just like things I remember and then with her it's like other big pop culture moments like okay she went to jail in 2007 gotta cover that she dated Samantha Ronson in 2010 gotta cover that you know things like that and then I start to google those things and look more in depth into those things that I already know about but I 
would like to know more and there's always more. So even when you think you know a lot about a topic, it's actually really interesting. You can find so many more details than you realized. So then I start to kind of try to shape the episodes, but I know better than to do that now because like most creative processes, the the creative process kind of guides you rather than you guiding the creative process. So then based on all of the research I've already done, what I do is I make a little note or I have like literally I have heart-shaped neon post-its that I love. <laughs> I did invent them, by the way. If you know, you know. I know that's not exactly a niche reference, but if you know, you know. I invented post-its. So I'll write on a post-it like look up blah, blah, blah. Like, because there's always little things that you read in other articles that you're like, hold on, what is that? I don't think I remember that. Let me write that down and I'll look into that later. And then I start looking into those things. And then I also use the Wayback Machine, which is this amazing tool that's been around for a while now that uh, websites that are no longer online, because of course you have to pay for domains and websites to stay online. So there's a lot of fan sites and gossip blogs and stuff from the early 2000s that are down. You can't access them anymore because no one's paying for them anymore. So the Wayback Machine takes snapshots of websites while they still exist. And so you can go back and see websites from back in the day that are no longer up. Of course, there's a lot of broken links and you really have to be patient in order to weed through these things. But if you're patient enough and you really you want to know badly enough, you'll find those details and those articles and things like that. I'm also always really careful to I try not to use things that are just like a source told people that Lindsay did blah, 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 blah. Like I try to focus more on, no, Lindsay said this. Her mother said this. Her dad said this. Like even though her dad is not the most reliable narrator, still it's a documented, he said this, this article, this official news source posted it. Like it is an official source. But the other thing that's tough is that sometimes the best information comes from sources because – they can't say who they are, but they really do have the connection. So then I do my own research with that because I also have my own sources in the business, right? So then I'll reach out to some people sometimes and say, is this true or does this have any merit or do you think I should look more into this? So I have that as well. Sometimes I just have like a huge – like I literally just use WordPad on my – or what is it? Is it called Notepad or WordPad on my – it's called Text Edit on the Mac, but I still call it WordPad because I used to use a, a PC for the longest time. A lot of the time I just have like a mess of notes, like in no order, nothing. I just like copy and paste a bunch of like important quotes or things that I read or things that I don't have time to research in that moment but I want to go back to and it's just like the biggest mess and then eventually I go through it and I organize it chronologically and then I decide if I want to do the episode in chronological order or if I want to do the episode in like sections. So for instance, if – if Lindsay did three movies that year, do I want to do that in chronological order? Like, okay, she had a movie come out in February. So do I So I do I talk about what happened in January? And then I talk about the movie that came out in February. And then I talk about what happened in March and April. And then I talk about the movie that came out in May. And then, you know what I mean? Do I do it like that? Or do I talk about her um, family drama at the beginning of the episode? Then I get into the three movies that she came out with that year. And then I finish it out with her other projects from that year. You know, so it's that – that was a lot. Like you probably didn't even want to know all of that. 
But um, there's so much more to it. It's it's so much more in depth and detailed, and and it takes longer than you can imagine. So I really really appreciate this comment, Beth, and I appreciate you, and I'm just so happy that you guys appreciate the research that I do because it is extensive. But I enjoy doing it so much, and I feel like I learn so much, and it just gives me a whole new perspective on pop culture in general, and not just the person that I'm researching. I also always find stuff about other celebrities as I'm researching one celebrity in particular that I'm like, ooh, I want to do a series on this person or that person. It's just never ending. And thank God for sleeping pills. Because if it wasn't for sleeping pills, I would never go to sleep. I would just keep reading Wikipedia articles forevermore. So. (laughs) Okay, so let's get to our first voice memo here. I'm so excited to listen to these, you guys. It has taken so much restraint not to listen to them, but I wanted to get my live reaction here on the podcast. So this one comes from Jenna. I'm not surprised that she sent me one because I talk to her almost every day. One of those people that I've never met in person, but I'm so happy that I met because of the podcast. I probably never would have met her otherwise, and now we are just constantly talking pop culture all the time. So like I said, it's just so amazing to meet kindred spirits. So yeah, take it away, Jenna. Hey, Leah. This is Jenna. Congratulations on 100 episodes down. Hopefully many more hundreds to go. Um, I think I found the podcast when Danny Pellegrino mentioned it, I'm guessing during one of his Jessica Thursday posts. It was only five or so episodes in at that point, so I binged immediately. I love it so much. I was a fan of Jess right from the start, and of course also a huge Ashley fan, and it was so great to hear someone celebrate them as much as they deserve. They don't get nearly enough credit for their talent. I subscribe to Patreon because you deserve the support for all your hard work. So much research goes into every episode, and I really appreciate the hours that you dedicate to keeping us entertained. The extra uncut episodes are a great bonus, and I definitely love the Patreon exclusives as well. Um, For my favorite episodes, definitely the album breakdowns for sure. The Janet documentary episodes with Mike and the top 10 Just songs with Sal was another great one. I'm a fan of the music first and foremost, so... The deep track-by-track discussions are fantastic, and the Janet ones just because justice for Janet. Um, Honestly, it's become more than a podcast to me now. Anytime I need to discuss random specific pop culture, I know you're only a DM away. I don't know if you've ever seen that meme of uh, Donnie Darko saying he made a new friend and the mom is asking, real or podcast host? It makes me laugh so hard every time I see it because it's definitely me. (laughs) Um, As for questions for the Q&A, with new music from Jess and Ash coming next year. Give us your predictions for what the sound or vibe will be for each. And as a side note, let's please start manifesting a joint tour now. Um, Another question, any hints on who the post-JC series will be? And if you could pick the top five pop culture moments that shaped you, what would they be? Um, Again, thanks so much for the podcast. I truly look forward to it every time a new message shows up in my, or a new episode shows up in my feed. So Again, thanks for all your hard work and all the DMs talking about Britney and NSYNC and now Taylor, which is awesome. Um, Thanks for 100 episodes, and I look forward to many, many more. Bye. I am going to cry. Thank you so much. That was so nice. And yes, that quote from Donnie Darko very much encapsulates a lot of my life. 
I sometimes I really do talk to you guys more than my in real life friends. Is that sad? Is that amazing? Is that beautiful? I don't know, but it's the truth. So, oh my gosh, your questions are amazing. There's like a lot. I mean, I could probably do a whole episode just on those questions, but you know that. So, and yes, justice for Janet. First question, predictions for what Jessica and Ashley's albums will sound like. Okay. I think that Jessica is easier to pin down than Ashley at this point because we've gotten more recent music from Jessica. I think that with Jessica, we will get a blend of her last official release, Come On Over, and what we heard on her open book audiobook, the five brilliant tracks that were all written by her. I think it'll be a blend of those two things because she is working in Nashville, but Nashville doesn't always mean country. But I think that just the fact that she decided to go to Nashville, I mean, you can, as an artist like Jessica, fly out people from Nashville. You can work with authentic country or folk or acoustic-based musicians anywhere in the world, right? But to actually really go there and get into that specific mindset and take yourself out of Los Angeles, to me, that just really suggests that she's not going to be following the trends. I do hope, and I think that if her management is smart, they will push this a little bit. I do think that doing one or two just straight pop Y2K throwback songs would not only be an extremely astute business move at this point, but I think that it would just be so fun for Jessica to get to do that on her own terms because most of her Y2K bops, I mean, with the exception of like With You and maybe A Public Affair, they were very much controlled by the label and even the ones that she seems to love like I think I'm in love with you she still has negative memories associated with certain things regarding Tommy Matola or just starving herself other situations that were unhealthy for her so it would just be really fun and I think healing for her and also really fun for us as fans to have a new like true bop as the first single I think that would just be amazing and I also really hope that there's at least like one or two straight up ballads like literally I want to love you forever type of ballads I think we saw a little bit of that with particles her voice sounded so much clearer and um more well trained than I think it did during the in the skin era which is the era that everyone kind of posts videos making fun of her voice and her tone was she was experimenting back then and everyone knows that is not my favorite era of Jessica's voice but I think if we just get some straight like Celine type of ballads that would just be amazing now Ashley I think that it'll be similar to the sound from her Ashley and Evan EP I do see Evan being heavily involved in this I would prefer just Ashley kind of doing it on her own with her own collaborators I would love to see her get back in the studio with John Shanks and Cara Diaguardi that's like hit makers right but if she could go back to the core core of Ashley beginning as a musician, I think it would just be everything if she got back with Stan and Steve from the first episodes of The Ashley Simpson Show. They co-wrote Unreachable with her, one of her best songs, and a bunch of other songs that we never really got to hear. And 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just really wish that she would go back to her roots and kind of explore that punky, edgy, younger sister attitude that we love about her. However, I also really feel like we might get none of that. That might be like completely in the past. I mean, think about it. Who are you compared to who you were in 2004, right? Like I was a child. So I, (laughs) you know, it's, I think it would be wrong for us to hold Ashley to the sound of autobiography or even I am me. And then Bittersweet World was just a, a really different, that was kind of like her schizophrenic era. You know, that was like just a totally different direction. And I respect that. But I do think that it'll be more like the Ashley and Evan album. I don't have anything against Evan, by the way, just to be clear. I love Evan. Evan's great. But I just really want, like, what does Ashley want to do? If she's influenced by nobody, like, who does she, who would she call? Like, from her past or new people or whatever. Of course, I would love to see a duet from the two of them. I don't necessarily see that happening, though. I, I see it happening more for something like they did in the past, like on a Christmas song or uh, maybe one of them joining the other one on stage to do a cover of something or whatever. Like I think it, I always thought it'd be really cute if they did I Got You Babe because even though that's obviously Sunny and Cher were a couple, I just think it's really cute like to do as sisters, you know? When I'm sad, you're a clown and when I'm scared, you're always around. And, you know, I just love, I just think that's really cute for a sibling song. So I don't know. A tour with them together, you know, that's my ultimate dream. I mean, I'll manifest that. I'm so busy manifesting the Instinct tour. I just, I really don't have time for all these tours, but we will make time for Ashley and Jessica. So let's light our candles. Let's hold our crystals tight and let's just <laughs> go to sleep daydreaming. Daydreaming at night, Leah? Really? Um, <laughs> let's go to sleep thinking about that tour becoming a reality because, oh my God, I would, I would have to uh, give up my life, quit my job and become a groupie. That's what I would be for that. So Next question. Any hints on who the post-JC series will be? Yes, I do know who it's going to be. I've already started research. It's going to be shorter. I'm I'm trying to not have series last a year. Like, that was completely not my intention when I wanted to do this. (laughs) I want, going forward, the series to be a little bit shorter, and I want to cut in more random episodes. Like, I recorded an episode on the movie A Lot Like Love with my best friend Gina who joined me for Scream episodes and I want to do stuff like that. Like I want to, you know, I'll do a series, maybe it'll have five episodes and I'll release the first two and then next I'll release a random like movie review episode and then I'll release another episode of the series and then I'll release like a random album review or just whatever I want to talk about or whatever's happening at the time or whatever. And then I'll finish out the series, you know, like I just want to get out more content in general, like this year was so amazing. But at the same time, I was getting out like one public episode a month, you know, and it's it sucks because I have so many more listeners now than I did in 2022. But at the end of 2022, I was on so many more people's Spotify wrapped because there were just there was just more episodes. There were more hours of content. So this year I was on 
less Spotify wrapped, even though I have many more listeners. So I thought that was really interesting. I was like, hmm, not that like that's important to be on, to be like number one on Spotify wrapped or anything. Like I don't really care aside from the fact that it just shows like that people are listening, which is amazing. But I just really want the podcast to be more consistent. And I'm, I've actually recorded a lot and done a lot of, like I got COVID recently and I really got ahead of my work. So it was kind of like as horrible as COVID is. It was kind of like a cool little blessing actually, because I am really set up good for like the first couple months of the new year. Anyway, I'll give you a hint. This person was known in the 90s for sure and had success in the 90s, but really thrived from like 2000 to 2002. And this person, unfortunately, is no longer with us. So that, I feel like it's obvious. Maybe I should just say it, but I don't know. Some people probably won't. Jenna, you'll probably know who I'm talking about. I don't know. Anyway, I'm really excited to tell that story. I think it'll be great. And then the last question that you asked, the top five pop culture moments that shaped me. See, I probably should have listened to these in advance because this is something that I need to think about. But maybe answering off the top of my head will be more interesting. It's like what comes to my mind. Okay, so the first thing that comes to my mind, obviously, is Britney Spears' entire existence. There is nobody that's inspired me more in my life. It's just the way that it is. I think that she has something that is so rare like I it's beyond an it factor or an x factor there's just something about like I think Britney Spears is magic there have been times when I couldn't get off the couch or out of my bed like I've dealt with depression since I was 14 and even before then like long before I was 14 I was a fan of Britney Anytime I needed inspiration, anytime I I felt like I couldn't do something, I would just watch her, whether it was in an interview or a performance, performances especially, but like that fire in her eyes and just the way that she moved and uh, her, her humility as well and just like everything about her has always inspired me in this way that is almost hard to describe. Like I know I just described it, but I don't feel like I really – like I didn't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's more than I can ever – It's more than I can ever like explain just her entire existence and how big she was when we were growing up and how massive that was. Then I also think about the boy band craze of that era and NSYNC specifically. I think, again, there's something about the five of them together when they perform. There is this electric magic that occurs and it is – untouchable. I mean it's it's just the most phenomenal uh it's hard to explain because do they have the id factor? Yes, but I think in sync like I think how good they were really 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 came from hard work and I think that I hold myself to a higher standard from watching NSYNC and watching people like NSYNC and really understanding, even at that young age, how long it takes in a rehearsal to be that good and that tight, five people especially, because as I've said, I was a competitive dancer. So even as a child, I was very aware of those types of things because I was doing similar dancing as well and took it very seriously and would like win awards for it and stuff. So like it was a big deal and I just remember thinking like wow on top of doing all of these really difficult moves they're singing and they sound so good and they're not out of breath how are they not out of breath and now looking back as an adult it's just even more mind-boggling and so I just think like the whole pop explosion 
of the late 90s, early 2000s just took over my brain in a way that is very hard to describe and really contributed to my dreams. Um, really contributed like people like Britney and NSYNC on TV saying like, follow your dreams. Like we never thought this would happen to us. Um, and look at where we are and look what happened. Like that kind of stuff really, I listened to that. Like it wasn't just BS on TV. It was like, no, they're telling the truth. Like I really should go for it and I really should do all of the things that I want to do and I can do them. And that just really impacted me. The other thing that I think of right away that was a very early adopter for me was the music videos of Michael Jackson and Madonna. So I have always been obsessed with music and movies and storytelling in general. So I really think that having tapes, yes, VHS tapes, I know I have some Gen Z listeners. So before you could go on YouTube and just type any music video in, which if you had told me when I was like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten that you would one day be able to do that, I would have passed out because of I would have been so happy. So when I was a kid, I either waited for them to come on TV or I had videotapes. Some of them I taped off the TV or my mom taped for me. Or Michael and Madonna both released official tapes that were just their music videos like one after the other. And those tapes, again, just captured my imagination in a way that I can hardly describe. I Like I don't even know how to detail that. It was insanely inspirational to me. The idea of having a song and then turning it into a visual that was that beautiful to look at, aesthetically pleasing, but also thematically interesting. I really think that all of this stuff helped develop my brain and made me a more creative person and like an overall more well-rounded person. So I know these aren't really like moments, but they're just like, I don't know, elements of pop culture, I guess, that shaped who I am. The other thing I think of from a very early age is uh, Saturday Night Live, particularly the late 80s, early 90s casts. So I loved comedy from a really young age. And my mom, I'm an only child, so my mom would like watch everything with me. And if something was like scandalous or whatever, she would maybe like fast forward a little bit or whatever. Or she would just like let me watch it and tell me it was wrong. And she would say, you're not allowed to say that word, but like she'd let me see it. And so my mom would tape Saturday Night Live and we would watch it together on Sunday mornings. And so I grew up seeing people like Chris Farley and Eddie Murphy and Chris Rock and Steve Martin and Chevy Chase and uh, Jan Hooks and... John Candy, Adam Sandler, Goldie Hawn, who's still my all-time favorite actress, um, who wasn't on SNL, I don't think, but she was kind of part of that crew of people that made the really big comedies of that era. So it wasn't just watching SNL, but it was like watching SNL and then compounding it with also the big comedies of the time. And the Big comedies of the time were not really like gross out or overtly sexual comedies. It was kind of like good, clean fun. That's what my mom used to call it. Because sometimes my dad would be like, you can't let her watch this. And my mom would be like, it's good, clean fun. It's like it, the jokes are going over her head. And a lot of them did. Like I like a lot of them were, were uh, innuendos that I didn't understand. But then there were things like Wayne's World that 
was dumb and I did get it. And there were some things that were a little bit more mature that went over my head. But for the most part, I did get it. And Wayne's World is still like one of my all-time favorite comedies. And so um, again, like Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, like Chris Farley, Chris Rock, uh, David Spade. Like I'm, I know I'm forgetting people, but just like that whole crew, I, I – the amount of influence I can't stress on my sense of humor, my personality, what I still am interested in, what I still like today. Watching any comedy from that era, whether it's like a TV show, SNL, um, or a movie, like it's still – I'll watch anything, even something that is not even good because it just takes me right back to that age and that time. There's also videos of me as like practically a baby. Like I would say like three, four, or five years old of me acting out SNL skits with family members. Um, so it was hugely influential on me, like b- beyond influential. So that's number four. And then number five, I would say Grease. I would say the movie Grease and the musical because I – that was another thing. So every day after school, <laughs> when I was in first grade, I used to perform the movie Grease from beginning to end. <laughs> Obviously. Like you didn't? Why? What – why were you were you like playing with other kids or something that's lame were you um spending time with family no no i was alone performing grease from beginning to end yes i did play all the roles well it depends sometimes i would play all the roles most of the time i would play sandy or rizzo rizzo is my favorite to play or i would play danny you know sometimes we have to gender swap um and i would perform them for no one because my parents did watch a few times but you know they can't watch it every single day like they have lives to live and so i would perform them for for my dolls what i would do is i would line them all up they were really really a captive audience and i would perform grease from beginning to end now this is before not before the internet but before i had a computer and stuff so i didn't even know that grease 2 existed one of the best days of my life was when my mom brought home the tape of grease 2 it was an Easter present, which, you know, what better to um, celebrate the resurrection of our Lord than Greece 2? I mean, there really is nothing better. So Greece and Greece 2 really, like, I wanted to be like that in high school. Like, I literally thought that was going to be me. I'm not kidding. Like, I thought I was going to be the hot blonde girl, whether it be Olivia Newton-John or Michelle Pfeiffer. I prefer Michelle, to be honest, like RIP Olivia Newton-John. She was amazing and an icon. But uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as Stephanie Zanoni I mean, even just the fact that her last name was Zanoni, I was like, what an interesting, exotic, cool name. And look at her bangs. They're so full. And look at her her cool sunglasses. And she's just the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Actually, when I did one of my very first head – well, not one of my very first. I don't know. One of my, like, earlier headshots, the photographer told me that I resembled her, which I don't. Let's be honest. I don't actually think that I'm that gorgeous. But, like, like don't get me wrong. I don't think I'm ugly or anything. But, like, am I Michelle Pfeiffer? No. Okay. Like, non- nobody is. Um, he said that I looked like and resembled Michelle Pfeiffer. And I was – I thought he was joking. Like, I was like, are you making fun of me? Like, like it was literally the best compliment I've ever received. Um, cool writer changed my brain chemistry. I was never the same. And yeah, so then I would go from performing Grease to Grease 2. So there was a matinee and an evening show. And um, yeah, I would like to thank the Academy. I did a great job. And I mean, it just, I can't say how much it influenced me. Just, I mean, obviously I have a theater degree. Like I am a performer to this day. I am still dramatic and I still love a... uh, I still love a twist ending and I still I still I mean look it's just I I still dream of walking onto the 
quad and having everyone look at me because I'm a pink lady and then we all start dancing together. That has not happened yet, but I'm not giving up hope. So thank you again, Jenna. That was an amazing group of questions. I loved talking about all of that. So that was that was so fun. Okay, so this next message comes from Taylor, who has been a longtime Patreon subscriber. So thank you so much, Taylor. She wrote, I stumbled across your podcast while searching for something on Lindsay. After the first episode, I was instantly obsessed and binged the first 10 episodes over a matter of days. I kept giving more episodes a listen until there was nothing left except newlyweds, and to my surprise, I actually loved them. The Nick Shade is my absolute favorite. Yes, you're welcome, world. I do enjoy shading Nick Lackey as much as I possibly can. After listening to everything on the public feed, then I joined Patreon. Thanks to your podcast, I'm now a big fan of Planet 2000s and Jessie's Girls. Perfect, magical. I love, love sharing the wealth with my fellow kings and queens of podcasting. Planet 2000s is Michael Kadesh's amazing podcast and Jessie's Girls is Jessie Chambliss's and they have both been on my podcast multiple times. I love them both. They are so talented, so nice, so funny, so smart, have so many amazing insights into pop culture. So check out those podcasts as well. She said, favorite episodes for me are Lindsay Scream, Girls Next Door, and Tara Reed. I'd love to know your thoughts on the recent stuff between Paris and Lindsay. Paris was still throwing a lot of shade to Lindsay over the past few years, but now she's commenting on her photos really positively and has recently said they're working on a project together. I'm also curious as to your thoughts on Paris now, since Brittany wrote in her book how Paris was so kind to her. (sighs) You know, I do not trust Paris Hilton. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all you Paris girlies. I don't trust Paris Hilton. I don't care how young you are or how dumb you are. You do not use the N-word, especially not on camera in public. I mean, that is the type of audacity that I just cannot get past. That is the type of hateful speech that I just cannot get past. I'm sorry. I do not trust Paris Hilton. However, I did just buy a set of her steak knives. (laughs) I'm a little embarrassed, but let's be honest, okay, let's be honest, her new collection with Walmart is a serve. It is. And the reason why I did, they're not really steak knives. It's like a it's like a knife set. And I will use it to cut out the hearts of every man who has ever betrayed me. Um, no, I'm kidding. I uh, will only cut out the hearts of the ones that really, really, really betrayed me. The Uh, you know, the little indiscretions, I'll just, I'll just cut off their fingers. Anyway, this went in a weird direction. I didn't mean to get so violent. So I am obsessed with the new Paris Hilton heart-shaped knife thing. What is it called? The knife block. I love kitschy kitchen stuff. I love anything that has a lot of personality. I think it's so boring when you walk into someone's kitchen and it's just that sleek, modern nothingness. And it just, I don't know, that's not my thing. I will never have a Kim Kardashian style house where, you know, it looks like the children of the corn live there. Like I just, it's, I'm not interested. So I like flashy pink cool things like that. I do have a Gilmore Girls kitchen with a red accent wall, so it's already very cute. And I think that the heart-shaped knife block and pink knives are going to add just a little touch of something that I need in there. Okay, so obviously I don't hate Paris Hilton or anything. I know it's not great to shop from Walmart, and I know that it's not great to shop from Paris Hilton, but you know what? I did it. I admit it. And I mean, I don't know. Sue me, call the police. 
I did download Paris's audiobook because a friend of mine was like, I know you're not crazy about Paris, but it's a really good book. It's a really good story. And I know you liked her documentary, which I did like the documentary. I just cannot bring myself to press play. I am just not very interested in Paris Hilton. I'm sorry. But I will eventually listen to it. It's just there are so many other books in the world, you know? I mean, it's like you could be reading The Great Gatsby. So why are you going to read <laughs> I mean, that's just an example. But like, that was just the first book that I thought of. But you know what I mean? It's just like, I there are just so many other people whose life experiences I want to hear about ahead of Paris Hilton's. There's something about her. I just feel like she doesn't get it and she never will, right? However, her trauma is obviously something that I think most of us were shocked by when we learned about all the stuff at the camp. And as far as um, the work that she's doing to try to improve the experiences of other children who went through that and closed those places, I think that that work is very admirable, obviously. But I still don't, like, I don't think I'll ever be a Paris Hilton fan. However, it does seem that Britney Spears really does love her. And reading the nice things about her in the book did make me like her a little bit more, but I still would never consider myself a fan. I did dress up as her for Halloween when I was 14 years old, and I think that that is the farthest that I will go. I just, I don't know. I don't get it. I also do empathize with her, and I feel very bad for her because it seems like her mother is not the greatest mother on planet Earth. I hate to say that about a, a person, but... Um, I did watch that clip of, I saw it on TikTok, of Paris showing her new baby, which was like a total secret. I mean, it was a secret to the world. I didn't know it was a secret to her own family. But um, I saw that clip of her mother. Like, I think, I don't know the exact context, but it seems as though Paris did not tell her mother that the surrogate was pregnant with Paris's new baby. And she basically just showed up at her mother's house and was like, oh, here's your new grandchild. That was very shocking. And I think, you know, it, it, anyone who doesn't have a good relationship with their mother, it does hurt me because I am so close with my mom and she's such a vital person in my life. She's like my best friend on top of being my mom. And I just adore her and love her so much. The thought of hiding the fact that I had a baby from her is absolutely unthinkable. So the fact that Paris felt the need to do that, I think is heartbreaking and does make my heart go out to Paris because even people that have made mistakes – and look, I, I acknowledge that like her racist comments and stuff that was so long ago and, you know, I acknowledge those things. But there's just something about her that I just don't like. Like I still just really don't trust her or find her interesting. To me, she's just like another like rich heiress. Like, yeah, it's it's cool. Like I'm like, yes, it would be really cool to have like – a mini little house in my backyard for all my dogs. Like, yeah, that's hot, I guess. But, like, there's just so much more in pop culture that tickles my brain, and Paris Hilton does not. Um, and as far as the recent stuff between Paris and Lindsay, I think – did I not talk about this? Because I feel like I, I did at some point, but I can't remember. Um, I think that it's – great that Paris said I, Paris's podcast, which that's another thing. I gave Paris's podcast a chance. That woman does not have the skills for that. I'm sorry. Like, girl. Um, <laughs> although one thing I do appreciate about Paris is that she knows she's not funny. I think I've said this before about her. She knows, like, in on The Simple Life, she knew to shut up and let Nicole be funny and not try to outrank her. I love that. That is a very good quality because – 
I I mean, to me, sense of humor is like the number one thing in the world. Like, I would rather somebody say that I'm funny than anything. Like, I would rather someone say that I am so funny and I make them laugh than, you know, I'm the nicest person they ever met. I'm the most gorgeous woman they've ever met. I'm, you know, the most talented. I would rather just be funny. And so when I see someone who is not funny and they're trying desperately to be funny, it's so painful. (laughs) It's like my worst nightmare. And so I love the fact that Paris Hilton knows she's not funny. And so instead she leans into other things. But on her podcast, she said – nice things about Lindsay but I just I don't know I just still think she's like whatever girl like the way that Paris walked all over Lindsay and kicked her when she was down instead of being a friend to her I think is shit because you went to jail too you know what I mean like you both went to jail in 2007 the bigger thing to do would be if Paris didn't make stupid ass comments about Lindsay on her reality show and everything it's like you are famous because you are a nepo baby and I have no problem with nepo babies because I'm always just like well what do you expect them to do you know like if you were a nepo baby would you say no mom and dad please don't help me I don't want to use your name no of course not you would say yes please call your agent and get me a deal right so I don't I don't have anything against Nepo babies but Lindsay had to actually work really hard from being a total nobody to get to where she was and then she fell so far and you both went to jail at the same time and instead of like calling her and being like hey let's squash this feud this is so stupid you kicked her when she was down and I don't like that of course Paris is now going to say nice things to Lindsay and about Lindsay because Lindsay is back in style Lindsay is popular again Lindsay is looking great again Lindsay is off drugs Lindsay is thriving so of course Paris is gonna be like oh my god Lindsay congratulations that's hot you're hot blah, 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 slipping like of course she's gonna do that shit you know what I mean to me it's not genuine if they really are working on a project together I guess we'll see one thing that I will accept from Paris Hilton is if she wants to coordinate a reunion and a 20-year anniversary of Bimbo Summit because I feel like Britney would do it uh, for Paris, because it's like I said, they're still friends. They seem very close still. Now, you guys know I talked about that whole thing on the Bimbo Summit episode. Go back and listen to that. In my Lindsay series, there's a Bimbo Summit episode, and I tell the real story about what happened with Bimbo Summit. Paris tried to lie and say that Lindsay just tagged along and was the third wheel, but that's not true at all. Paris and her uh, PR agent orchestrated the whole thing and then made it look like Lindsay was desperate and pathetic and a third wheel, and she wasn't. So again, I don't trust Paris Hilton. However, I do appreciate the knife block and I will be using those knives in good health and good faith. So I don't wish her (laughs) – I don't wish her anything negative but I also don't really – care for Paris Hilton very much. Thank you, Taylor, so much for your comments and your questions and for being a loyal subscriber. I appreciate you so much. So now we have a voice memo from one of my favorite people, Michael Kadesh. Oh my goodness. Talk about birds of a feather. Like, he and I are so similar. He just gets it. Like, he gets it when it comes to all of our faves. I don't even have to explain myself. We are just on the same level mentally when it comes to our faves. It's just, he's one of my most frequent guests as well. He might be my most frequent guest. And I love that. We can talk about anything. I mean, he's just the most wonderfully vibrant, intelligent, fabulous person. And he's been interviewing celebrities now with his – because he has his podcast, Planet 2000s, but he also has his regular job. And I'm just so happy for him every time I see him doing that because he's – I know he loves Avril Lavigne so much and he just got to interview her. And I mean, it's just amazing. So I love you, Michael, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say. So let's hear Michael's voice note. 
Hi, Leah. This is Michael Kadosh. I am the host of the Planet 2000s podcast, and I just wanted to leave this little message for you because I know that you're doing your 100th episode and we're kind of looking back on the podcast. And so I wanted to leave this little message for you. I heard about the Ashley and Jessica cast literally just like scrolling during the pandemic. Like, you know, there was that whole year in 2020 or two years, 2021 as well, but this was in 2020 when everybody was taking in their podcast content. And this was before I started my own podcast. And that is actually how I heard about you. I came across one of your episodes and I pressed listen and, and that was it. I didn't really do, I didn't like message you or anything like that. I just listened. And then when I made my own podcast, you actually found me and messaged me and wanted me to come on. And I'm like, oh my God, I would love that because I've been listening. I didn't really know that you can message your podcast hosts. Uh, to me, it was like a foreign world. And then I became one myself. And sure enough, you know, there's a whole little community that we built. So that's probably one of the best parts about having a podcast is this little community that we built and getting to meet amazing, amazing people like you. Um, so yeah, my favorite episode of the Ashley and Jessica cast. There's a few. There's a few. I will always have a soft spot for the Irresistible episode because that is one of the first episodes I ever listened. Um, but our Janet episode that we did is probably my favorite. We did an episode on the Janet Jackson documentary and we spoke for hours. <laughs> Literally hours. And that probably is my favorite episode um, of the podcast. And I'm not saying that just because I was on it, but, you know, it's always just fun to get to chat with your friends and all that good stuff. But of course, you know, we had our In The Skin moment. We talked about In The Skin by Jessica Simpson, the whole album with Derek. So that was a fun moment as well that we got to do on your podcast. So just good memories. And I'm so happy to have you in my life, Leah. You're such a great person. And you're so thoughtful and a caring friend. And you always message me whenever I have things going on or you see that I have things going on and reach out to let me know that you're there for me. And... I'm sure that is why the podcast does so well is because your listeners can hear your authenticity through your content. It's just, it's so genuine. It's all so genuine. And that is why people fucking love you. And that is why I love you. In terms of a question that you can answer for me, what does the future hold for the Ashley and Jessica cast? Because I know we still have some episodes of Ashley Simpson's show and whatnot. Ashley has some new music. Jessica has some new music. But what is in store? Okay. Like we had Tara Reid. We had JC. Are we getting the Britney Murphy special series because i feel like you can do that shit real fucking justice <laughs> all right leah i love you congratulations on a hundred episodes here's to a hundred more love you girl bye that one made me tear up i i love you you're such a great person too i'm just, again like i i'm just so happy that i i met all of these wonderful people but michael you truly are special and i am always here for you if you're going through anything i am 100 percent here for you and i'm so happy that you recognize that authenticity and that you feel that that's why people connect with me that's my dream like i would i would rather have 10 listeners who feel like i'm super authentic and put out thoughtful content than have a million listeners who are just like slay bitch everything you do is perfect we love you queen like i mean look i love that i, I mean i think i literally said to you today because <laughs> we were talking about christina aguilera and i was like slay bitch so i i mean that's fine too but like 
I think what I just I mean like you know how some people just blow up sometimes and it's it's just like people are following them just because it's popular to follow them you know what I mean it's not like they really love the content or anything but it's just like cool I feel like that happens more with tiktokers but yeah I just that message means the world to me and as far as what's coming for the Ashley and Jessica cast yes Brittany Murphy is definitely she's on the list like the thing is I okay so I'm sure a lot of people guessed Brittany Murphy when I gave the hint to Jenna because Jenna asked in her voice memo who the next series was. It's not Brittany Murphy. So it's a different person that fits very similar criteria to Brittany Murphy when it comes to the hints I gave. But it's not Brittany Murphy. However, I will be doing Brittany Murphy. It's just that the one that I have coming next is also a tragic story so I just don't want to have two tragic stories back to back I'm also planning on doing some stuff on more celebrity couples I love doing celebrity couples and then I also want to do some more feud episodes because one of my most popular episodes is when I was doing my Lindsay series and I did a whole episode just on the feud between her and Hillary Duff which is not something that I plan to do but I don't know it was just a random idea I had like I I was just thinking of putting that in like as a segment not as a whole episode and then I just found so much content about it that I was like okay I feel like this should be an episode because this was such a moment like that's something that I really remember from childhood like being such a big deal like Hillary versus Lindsay uh so I want to do some more celebrity feuds so I have that bouncing in my mind and then I also really want to cover celebrity families that I find really interesting like I just think that it's so weird to be a celebrity family it really makes me think like the Arquette family and then like Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez and Martin Sheen and obviously like Jessica and Ashley are are also like a famous family you know like I just find like it must be so weird to have multiple celebrities in your family like the Baldwins like I would never do a series on the Baldwins but like how interesting is that I mean like there's so much there too like there's the four brothers but then there's like Alec's wife who pretended that she was Spanish and she's not and she still pretends to be Spanish even though she got found out like she hasn't changed at all that's crazy and then like Steven's daughter is Hailey Bieber. She married fucking Justin Bieber. So Justin Bieber and Ilaria, but the, that her fake Spanish name, Baldwin, they're related. Like, they're family. Like, how weird are celebrity families? Like, I just find that so fascinating. That's another thing I really want to explore. And then there's just, I really want to do more Patreon episodes where it's just a one episode thing on a celebrity. So, like, not as in-depth as my series that are multiple episodes. Like, I originally planned that the Tara Reid episode was just going to be one. But then she ended up being, like, there was so much more to her story than I even thought. So I ended up doing two episodes. And I really want to do more of that on Patreon. So I want there to be, like, celebrities that I can do one episode on. Like, a, a one to two hour episode and cover their whole career. And not get as in-depth but just it's still going to be in depth. It's an hour of me talking about one person or two hours of me talking about one person, but less in depth for me, you know, and I want to do like more one offs. I also really want to do more reactions and tier lists. I think that I really have a good strength when it comes to like commentary. Like I think I could be a really good commentary channel on YouTube if I had the time. I just wish I had like 50 hours in a day instead of 24 hours but the other thing is is that I started this Patreon series a couple months ago and I never like I didn't continue it but I plan to so I was doing this Patreon series about 
uh, called The Girlfriends That Made Playboy because I think it's like ridiculous that even though Hugh Hefner started Playboy, I, I just think it's ridiculous that he's known as like the master of that world because even though he was obviously like he started it and he was at the center of it. Playboy would be absolutely nothing without the women. Like, yeah, he was the mastermind behind it, but he needed them. Like, he needed them much more than they needed him. And I feel like people don't really talk about that a lot. And I just don't understand. So I wanted to do a series about the girlfriends. So I started off doing one about Holly Bridget and Kendra, obviously. Then I did Brandy. What's her last name? Brandy Roderick, who was um, Hef's girlfriend for a few years before Holly Bridget and Kendra moved in. And I also, like, I have all the notes and all the research about Tina Jordan, another major girlfriend that Holly always talks about as being, like, someone that was actually nice to her and kind of, like, welcomed her into the group because Tina wanted somebody to kind of take over her place. She was leaving, so she wasn't, like, jealous like some of the other girls then of course I want to do individual episodes each on Holly Bridget and Kendra I want to do one on Barbie Benton who was like Hef's most famous girlfriend from the 60s and 70s like before the girls next door like she was definitely Hef's like most famous girlfriend and she was super famous back then anyone who's like around my mom's age like 50s or 60s like they know Barbie Benton you know um and she was also on the show girls next door and stuff so I want to cover more of the girlfriends because I just feel like their stories deserve to be told and not just from a tragic standpoint of like secrets of playboy where it's like you're talking about these like horrible instances like I want to talk about like why they're amazing and like they're fucking amazing stories because fuck Hugh Hefner like it's all about the women you would be nowhere without all of those beautiful boobs (laughs) that was all on them they did that not you so yeah Thank you, Michael. Um, you mean the world to me, and I'm so, so happy that I met you. And I re- maybe 2024 will bring us meeting in person at some point. That would be amazing. I feel like we would have so much fun together. It would be, like, dangerous. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much, and I love you, and I will talk to you soon. Okay, this message comes from Anna from the This Must Be Pop podcast, and I'm so excited to hear her message because – I'm going to be saying this about so many people, but she really is one of my favorite people. (laughs) So let's hear what she had to say. Hey, Leah, it's Anna from the This Must Be Pop podcast. Just wanted to send a congratulations on 100 episodes. That's so amazing. And just as a podcaster, I know how much work goes into all of that. So congratulations. I'm so glad that podcasting and our unapologetic fangirlness got us connected. I'm really looking forward to all the amazing things that comes for you and for the podcast in the future. Thank you so much, Anna. I am very happy that you are unapologetic like I am about your love for pop music and boy bands. You guys have to check out Anna's podcast if you haven't because if it wasn't for Anna, I don't think I would have met JC and I wouldn't have seen that concert for real. I have said this many times, but if she hadn't alerted me to the fact that it was going on, I don't think I would have found out about it because the whole thing was such a secret and it was only announced that he was going to be there like two days before he even was there. I mean, it's just like crazy. And I just, I've offered her a kidney that might be too much, but seriously, if she calls me at 3 a.m. and is like, hey, I just killed someone, I need help moving the body, I'm getting in the car. And if I even hesitate for a second, I will simply recall the memory of JC's hand on my back as he was holding me for a photo that we were taking together. Uh, that probably wouldn't have happened without Anna letting me know that this was happening. And then I will get in the car and um, drive 
the hours that it would take me to drive to her but that's okay because you know what when you need help you need help and um anyway this this has gotten weird but I (laughs) but I'm so happy that I met Anna and uh thank you so much for submitting that voice memo okay this question comes from Allie's mommy and it's simply favorite newlyweds episode. So I've talked about this a few times, but for new listeners, my favorite newlyweds episode is called The Video Shoot. I believe it's 107 or 108, and I just love it because I think it's the perfect blend of the two of them being celebrities and working performers in the industry and them also being normal people that are dealing with kind of relatable issues, and I'm just gagged every time that – they both shoot their videos. Jessica's video is a sleigh. Nick's is a flop. And it's just it's just so funny. Like, I'm sorry to to Nick fans, but it's just hilarious. And I also love it because it shows Jessica's smart side, which the show doesn't usually reveal that to us, right? But she's giving Nick very sound advice about paying for his own music video. And then it ends up, I I mean, honestly, the music video kind of ended up worse than it even was in the first place. Just coming from someone with a showbiz background, it's just so showbiz. Like it is just the perfect encapsulation of it. And also the dynamics of their marriage. It's just very, very, very interesting. I think it's one of the best reality TV episodes ever. So thank you so much for that question. I truly appreciate you. Okay, so let's get to another voice memo. This is from Katie. Now, this comes all the way from Germany, which is so interesting because most NSYNC fans know that they got their start over in Europe. And so Katie was one of the OG fans over there that was seeing them and getting pictures of them and all of that stuff. She sent some of them to me in this email when she sent her voice memo and they are literally some of the best pictures I've ever seen of NSYNC. Oh my goodness. I'm not going to share them because I don't have permission, but I cannot wait to hear this voice memo. Hi Leah. So now I finally get the chance to also submit my little voice memo. We were in contact before, as you know, my name is Katie. I'm 36 and I'm from the south of Germany. So please excuse (laughs) my poor English, but I will try to make it as good as possible. Yeah, I have been an NSYNC fan um, actually really since the very beginning as as in Germany um, NSYNC was already um, pretty active and well known since 1996 I think. Um, I was nine at that time. I've been already listening a little bit to the Backstreet Boys back then but it never really clicked for me. Um, But I had a friend Uh, whose father was uh, working in the music industry and he would always get us concert tickets for certain things and he always was a little bit on top of the list with things he knew what's going on so he was informing us about this new boy band having a small tour in Germany. Um, It was really, they were not big concert halls, Um, you cannot compare to the US anyway but um, even for us it were really small venues, Um, for example the, the gym hall the the yeah, sports hall of my school and i was growing up in a relatively small town so it were really small venues from the moment i've seen them the first time which was i think um may or june 1996 i was really um, a big fan and i had the opportunity back then to meet them a couple of times in person um because 
it were these small venues and you could really still get in touch with them and um, the father of my friend would take us there and it was really really fun and I was really um, yeah a big fan from day one especially of JC um, and I've loved him ever since and it never stopped um, so yeah that's also how I got to your podcast because I'm actually following everything around InSync, but especially JC. And when you started with your JC series, um, that's how I got to your podcast. And I, I just really love it because um, I have the feeling you are extremely honest. You're not just like a fangirl who says, yeah, everything is great or whatever. But you, you on the one hand side, you really go in depth in all these um episode but you're also really honest about your feelings about things where you maybe do not 100% agree and most of the time I have exactly the same feelings so that's really fun yeah I just I just love to get all these additional information because I need to say um, in Germany InSync was never as big as the Backstreet Boys um, once they started in the US um, to be really really famous it actually slowed down in Germany tremendously because as I told you before, they never came back to do a concert in Germany. So I also, after that, never really had, I never had the possibility to see them again live. That's why a lot of fans focus on the Backstreet Boys. So InSync was not so popular anymore. So there was also, there was coverage, yes, but not as much as on the Backstreet Boys. And, and that's why um, I didn't have all these information that you guys have about these guys um, after that period. So for me, it's now um, really, really interesting to listen to your podcast and have all this information, this additional information I didn't know about, although I was following them for so many years. So I really, really love it. And what I also love about it, um, I've also told you that before, is that over your podcast, I also, for example, uh, came to um, the, the new book from Britney Spears. Um, I was listening to the audiobook of Britney Spears. I really also somehow um, started to, to love Britney Spears, although I was before never such a big fan of her. Um, I found it really, really interesting. And um, yeah, thank you for that. Um, as you know, I have a small child, so I'm, and I'm, I'm also working and I never really have so much time. But when I'm doing the household, when I'm cleaning or whatever, and I have time, I always listen in the background to your podcast and it is so entertaining and it's so much fun. And yeah, thank you very much for that and for all the insights and for all the time and effort you put in it, but also all the irony and the fun you have. You can really tell that you have fun with it and that's just really very pleasant to listen to. So, so much from my side. Um, I will attach you a couple of the photos I promised you um, from the early years of InSync. They're basically all from 1996, so I will share them with you. Um, they are from Berlin Hardtop Cafe and also from a small concert um, of November, November, yeah, November 2000, November 1996 in the east of Germany, um, which I was um, able to attend. I have many, many more. Um, I didn't go through all of them, but I was searching for some early pictures, which I'm now sending you. Uh, I hope you like them. And yeah, I'm happy to hear more of your podcast and happy anniversary for your podcast. Let's say like this. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Okay, first of all, Katie, your English is amazing. Except for your accent, I would never even know that English isn't your first language. And your accent is beautiful, by the way. I actually, this is, I'm going to expose myself, but the first guy that I ever fell like really, really, really hard for was German. He was an exchange student <laughs> at my high school and I fell in love at first sight with him. I'm not even kidding. Like I remember walking down the hallway seeing him 
And the feeling that I got, I still can't describe it. I don't know that I've ever experienced anything since that was as powerful, like just the first time you look at somebody. Now that I am into spirituality and stuff, he has to be someone from my past life because it was literally like I recognized him. I was like, oh, it's him. There's my like soulmate or something. Anyway, he didn't have um as equal strong feelings for me. And then a few months later, he had to go back to Germany. But I was so – that was like my teenage like I am so in love and I am – staying in bed with the lights off listening to Kelly Clarkson break away under the covers like sobbing because I love him so much I learned his schedule and I would follow him around the school <laughs> I can't believe I just admitted that I was 14 okay um 14 and 15 when that went on and it was devastating but it was beautiful it was like that type of just young love that you have to experience and I'm so happy that I experienced it with him because he was like my dream like guy at the time and it was just so uh like he helped me get out of bed in the morning I'm not kidding because I was going through kind of a lot at the time and so I will always have uh, a very deep fondness for German people and German things and I cannot wait to go to Germany someday I actually think I'm going to be going to Europe next year so hopefully I can make a stop in Germany I honestly don't know what my plans are yet yeah so I love Germans his name was Matty but we used to just call him the German because he was like the only German like he was the only person born in Germany in our whole school this was in like a very small town in northwest New Jersey where like everybody looks the same talks the same like very boring farm town so like the fact that there were exchange students that was very exciting so anyway <laughs> let me address your voice memo this was so lovely. I really appreciate that I can help entertain while you're cleaning the house and stuff like that. Anytime people tell me stuff like that, it just makes me feel so good because I feel like I was put on this earth to entertain people and be a performer and that's like my contribution to life. So I love that so much and the fact that you also mentioned the irony and that I really do have fun with it. You're 100% correct. I mean – I've had Patreon for a while, but it's always been a really small group. Like, it only has recently started to get bigger, and I've really only recently started to make money from ads, and it's still a very tiny amount of money, but I just don't care because I love doing it so much, and I have my income from my, you know, full-time job, so, like, I am okay. It's not like this is sinking me or something like that but it's crazy to me that so many people make like a fortune from their podcast like that would be I mean I would love to work toward like making like a real income from this because I'm already so happy with it making like almost nothing so like if it actually helped like really helped support me that's what I'm working towards so I guess you never know thank you so much for those pictures I, I'm probably gonna print them out and hang them on my wall like I'm 12 like that they're so good and I cannot believe that you saw NSYNC from the front row in 1996 that is just girl that is everything I'm uh, I'm, I'm so happy for you and not at all jealous not at all jealous, but <laughs> thank you so much for your kind words. They seriously will keep me going when I really feel like I just cannot 
uh, edit another minute. That will keep me going. So thank you so much, Katie. All right, I'm going to read another Patreon DM for you guys right now. This one comes from Amy. And thank you so much, Amy, for being a Patreon subscriber. All of my patrons. Hey, Leah. My name is Amy and I'm from Colorado. I recently just discovered your podcast because I was doing some research and found your videos of JC from this past summer. Oh my goodness. First of all, I can't believe that you got the chance to see him sing live and that you got to meet him. I seriously do not know how you kept it together. I would have been a blubbering mess. I, like you, feel he is the most talented out of any boy band member ever and have always been hopelessly in love with him. I'm just wondering why you didn't tell him about your podcast. I understand that you probably wanted to talk to him about other things, but I just think your podcast is so phenomenal and I think that he actually would really appreciate it. Even though he is, as you say, so modest and not really into reading his own press or anything like that, I think he would really appreciate your thoughtful approach to depicting his life for his fans in such an artful and thoughtful way. Do you think that you would be embarrassed if he found out about your podcast? I'm just wondering why you had the chance to directly talk to him and didn't tell him about it. I really think that he should know about it. Who knows, maybe he even would want to come on as a guest. So that's my question, and I also just want to say that I hope you do more episodes on Britney Spears. I joined your Patreon, and I am absolutely in love with the content that you have done about her so far would you ever do a britney series thank you so much thank you so much amy for your kind words and for taking the time to write me that message i didn't tell jc because first of all i didn't even really know how much time i would have with him like i didn't know if he was in a rush or what i just it wasn't that important to me when i meet celebrities and i've i've met well over a hundred celebrities over the course of my life in professional situations, in fan situations like with JC where I purposefully show up because I'm a fan and I want to see them. And I never really do anything too self-serving when I meet them. I find that it is better to act cool, act casual, to just talk to them like they are people. If you want to have an authentic experience, that is my suggestion if you're going to meet a celebrity and you know you're going to meet them. Like if you're going to a book signing or something, I always pick one specific thing, one thing, like one sentence that I want to say to the person or one question I want to ask. Because especially in a situation like that, you don't get that much time. Luckily with JC, I ended up getting like a really good amount of time actually and there was nobody else around so it wasn't chaotic and there was no security like pushing him through or anything like that. But I didn't know at what point was he going to say, hey, I have to go or anything like that. And I just didn't want him to feel like I was there to promote my podcast or try to get something from him, honestly. Like... I just wanted to meet him, truly. Like, I truly just wanted to meet him. I love him. And I've always wanted to meet him. And that was all I wanted to accomplish in that moment was just speaking with him. Because he is so modest, like, he's not the type of person that I think like there are other celebrities that I would immediately like say to them, hey, like I, I just covered you on my podcast or something like that. There are. With JC, I just think the likelihood of him actually sitting down and listening to it is very low. And I didn't want to put any pressure on him because I know how much he cares for his fans. And he has just said so many times, so many extremely, extremely um, 
thoughtful, caring, loving things about his fans. And I would just hate for him to feel like he was disappointing me if he didn't listen to the podcast. And also I think even though I am so proud of my series and everything that I do on this podcast, especially the main feed, I'll get a little more like, I don't know, on Patreon I'll get a little more like juicy, a little more like I'll I'll talk about more things that are just speculation or whatever. On the main feed, I've really tried to be as respectful as I can toward these people because I don't cover celebrities that I don't like. That's something that really differentiates me from other podcasts, I think. There's a lot of podcasts out there that are just general pop culture podcasts, so they just cover week to week like whatever is going on in pop culture. And I love those podcasts. I honestly don't, like if I'm not passionate about somebody, I don't feel the need at all to like talk about them or anything like that. So I'm really not even tempted to like talk shit on this podcast. I mean, I did just kind of talk shit about Paris Hilton, but I was asked about her. (laughs) I would never just like do a Paris Hilton episode to be like, hey, you know, fuck Paris Hilton and here's why. Like I'm just not that type of person. So I only do episodes about people that I love. I have this rule that I try not to say anything on this podcast that I would be embarrassed if I pressed play on it and I was sitting next to the person I was talking about. I try to not say anything that would embarrass me if I was sitting in front of them and and pressing play. And I think that a lot of people can't say that about the content that they create about famous people. And um. I'm sure that I've made mistakes and that I have broken that rule for myself sometimes. And and obviously just the fact that I have like this very in-depth multi-hour series where I go into like every era of JC's life. Like of course in some ways that makes me feel a little bit bashful. It doesn't make me embarrassed. Like I am proud of the series and I am proud of how I've covered him. But because he is the type of person that doesn't like all the attention on him, I just wouldn't want to make him uncomfortable. Like that moment, those few minutes that I got with him, that may be the only time in my life that I get to speak with him. And so I just didn't want to be selfish about it and be like, hey, guess what I did? I made a podcast about you and you should listen to it, you know? And honestly, like if I really, really, really wanted him to listen to it, I could just send like a formal press request to his management. I do have his contact info via his people because I am on IMDb Pro and that information is listed. So I could send an email to his management or something via mail and I haven't done that. I have a feeling that he does know about the podcast just because I've tagged him a lot. He's seen some things. I'm sure he knows that the clips got posted. I was waiting for possibly like his management to contact me or something and be like, hey, can you take these down? These songs are not copywritten yet or something like that. But they didn't. But I still am sure that he knows that those clips are out there just because He does check Instagram. I tagged him. I'm sure he knows in like a vague way that I have done this podcast. And if he wants to listen, he can listen, you know. If it's meant to be like, again, like I'm also a super spiritual person. So like if it's meant to be, I believe that he will hear it. And I don't know, like it's not that I would be embarrassed. I feel like he would be embarrassed (laughs) because he's so modest and, and all of that. I don't do this to get attention from these celebrities And I'm not doing this podcast to try to get attention from JC or have JC tell me like, hey, good job. That was really great. Like, I don't care. Like, I did not make this for him. 
like it's great if he appreciates it but I'm not doing it for him because I think that that would be kind of setting myself up for disappointment as I said he is a very modest person that doesn't seem to really want attention and especially at the level of detail that I have like chronicled his life like he probably I'm sure he's fine with it like I wouldn't be doing it if I thought he would like hate it or something he knows that he's a public figure and he's going to get reported on but him connecting with the podcast like that's just not important to me and I know some people do completely disagree like I've had multiple people say to me like you're crazy like that you didn't write it on a uh, like get a business card because a lot of people have business cards for their podcast so when they meet people out and about they can network and like do that I've thought about that getting a post Card or little business cards for my podcast but I don't know I'm just not like I'm the type of person like I love stuff to happen naturally like if he naturally hears about it and listens to it like that would be amazing and if he doesn't I'm totally fine with it and then as far as your question about Britney yes I've thought about doing a Britney series many times the thing is like I'm so in love with Britney and obsessed with her and have been literally since her debut that it would just the series would take me like two years like I just don't know how to do things other than to do them so in depth so what I'm thinking of doing is like doing some type of Britney series but like narrowing it down to something like it's not going to be this specifically but it would be like um, a series on Britney's music videos and every episode would be like let's examine three of her music videos you know what I mean because like if I just do an overall series on Britney no that's gonna take over my life that that would be like if my podcast did get to the point where it was like not even my full income but like a major source of income that would be different then I would be able to spend the time on going in depth into Britney like that but I can't right now it just would t- it would consume my whole life I mean you guys know how detailed I am I mean look at how detailed I am at even answering this question like I literally don't know how to do things in like a casual way but yes Britney is my queen she's my I adore her in ways that I don't even know how to express in words so there will be more Patreon episodes on her I actually have a few planned already it's just a matter of like mapping them out and actually recording them so thank you so much Amy I appreciate your support so much and thank you for your question okay the next voice memo comes from amanda aka jessica underscore simpson underscore tribute which you have to follow that account if you're not following it jessica simpson herself follows it so you need to do that and amanda is one of the OG of the OG Ashley and Jessica listeners. She has been here since the beginning. She has been a guest multiple times. I can't wait to have her on as a guest again. She is one of Jessica's biggest fans and I cannot wait to hear her message. So let's listen. Hello to Leah and all of the dedicated fans of the Ashley and Jessica podcast. Uh, this is Amanda and I run the Jessica Simpson tribute page. Congratulations on your 100th episode. I cannot believe there have been 100 episodes of the Ashley and Jessica cast. I still remember when you first started the podcast. I actually remember before you started the podcast. So I actually found the Ashley and Jessica cast because Leah was kind of advertising it a little bit on the page. She was uh, putting out posts saying it was coming and I was so excited because I was a huge Jessica fan. I still am obviously and I was looking for content about her 
and it just appeared. Of course, I immediately started following her and um, she inspired me to open my own page. So um, pretty soon after that, I started the Jessica Simpson tribute page and I got to connect with Leah and I got to connect with Derek and I got to connect with all of the fans and um, people that listen to the podcast. And it was just a really special, wonderful group of people that were all coming together for our love of Jessica and also, you know, early 2000s culture and stuff like that. Just a ton of positive vibes and happy moments. And Jessica has the most amazing fans. It really is just like a wonderful group of people. So that's what it means to me. And my question for Leah is, so Jessica is a big proponent of changing up her hair, especially on the red carpet. She will pop out with a random color, a new haircut, a hairpiece. Back in the day when Ken used to do her hair, she would, you know, walk the red carpet with like red streaks or a a bob out of nowhere. So my question is, Leah, Being that you are a blonde and have always been a blonde, and I'm guessing you're a natural blonde, would you ever color your hair anything besides blonde? And if you could, what color would it be? I look forward to your answer. All right. Congratulations again on the 100th episode. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Lots of love. Thank you so much, Amanda. I adore you and Derek, and I... I completely forgot that like I was part of inspiring you to make Jessica Simpson tribute. So that is just that is something that I can be proud of um, until I die. That's amazing. I love that. That is so cool. I'm so happy that you did it. And I just have to say to anybody out there that is contemplating creating anything, whether it's a fan account or a podcast or whatever, it is so worth it. Like, please just do it. Don't worry about you being like, oh, I'm. I'm a nerd because I'm obsessed with this or whatever. I mean, there are so many people that have told me that I've inspired them to do something like this. And it's just means everything to me because I love it. I love fandom. I love the outlet. I have always been such a passionate person. Like I can't hold it in. I'm just like so passionate about these things. And I can't believe that I ever didn't have this podcast and I ever didn't have like an outlet to (laughs) do these things. And you're right. The Jessica fandom is so special like I'm a part of so many fandoms and I can honestly say that people in the Jessica fandom are just so nice I've met so many kindred spirits and there's no drama like that's one thing that I just adore so much is that like like there has been some really big negativity thrown at me from some NSYNC fans and I'm just like what's what's wrong with you guys why are you so angry I don't get it Jessica fans are just completely not like that it's all love it's all fun it's all wonderful and I just I appreciate especially you and Derek I mean you guys have been here since like you're saying before the beginning but I mean just every Jessica fan I've met has been so amazing but you guys are definitely the king and queen of my Jessica loving heart so I love you guys. And then as far as the answer to your question, so I love all of Jessica's little experimental moments with her hair. And I would completely be the type of person to do that all the time, if not for the fact that my hair has to match my headshots. I mean, it's one of the most 
unfortunate things is like you have to look exactly like your headshot because literally my agent could call like right now it's 10 42 p.m my agent could call me right now and be like can you be at an audition tomorrow morning 9 a.m and if my hair does not look like my headshot the first thing that they're going to say when I walk in the door is what's with the hair so it's just like (laughs) that sucks and I would get super like I would totally do more things with my hair I want Lindsay Lohan hair I want long flowing luscious thick healthy red hair in her color the color that she has now is absolutely perfect I adore it um same thing with like Mean Girls era Lindsay especially if you just look at her red carpet photos from any time that she was promoting that movie that is the hair that I want I want that hair so badly and I've thought about maybe just changing my headshots and just going for it and being like okay I'm a redhead now the thing is I am a natural blonde and I really do love all things blonde like I do kind of consider that part of my identity I've always like looked up to iconic blondes like Marilyn Monroe and Jessica and Brittany and Pamela Anderson like I I do like I'm a blondes have more fun and gentlemen prefer blondes type of girl even though obviously like it's very silly and women of all different hair colors and people of all different hair colors are gorgeous and it blondes are not more beautiful than anybody else you know obviously it's like depends on the person but I love that like I love being blonde but I just think that red hair is just so gorgeous and anytime I meet somebody with red hair it is the first thing I say to them I say your hair is so gorgeous and I am obsessed with it and I love it and you are stunning like I I just love red hair the only time that I have gone in any other direction was when I was starring in American Idiot which is one of my all-time top three favorite musicals I was playing what's her name which is the lead female role in that and when it was on Broadway, this amazing performer, Rebecca Naomi Jones, was the debut what's-her-name, and she is so iconic and so talented and so gorgeous, and she had this, like, beautiful brown curly hair, but she added pink to it for what's-her-name, because what's-her-name is very, like, rock and roll and cool and edgy, and so when I played what's-her-name, I also added pink to my hair. So I did, like, a semi-permanent dye that washes out a little bit every time you take a shower, so I would just keep adding it at adding it and that was a situation where I could change my hair because it was literally for a role like I was already playing a role I was in a show consistently so I couldn't do any other roles anyway so I didn't have to change my headshots and all of that but even when I was like washing it out like I remember it was like almost fully gone fully washed out and I did a self-tape audition and they wanted me for the part like I think I got that part but they were like we need the pink out of the hair like it's such a big deal (laughs) and I was like yes I was like it is a it is a semi-permanent I will make sure it is out of my hair completely before I show up on set you know so um it's kind of it's kind of confining and I wish I could play more with my hair but I used to use these hair paints they were called streakers and they were sold at Hot Topic and they are discontinued now but even after they got discontinued I would buy them on eBay um before they got too old now it's like they would be like probably so expired and gross but like they were these amazing Uh, it was this paint that you could that you would put through your hair and it would be sticky at first but then all you had to do was let it dry fully and then brush it out and your hair would be like luscious and silky as ever and it was just like 
this hair dye that was like one use it was so amazing and I used to do that in my hair all the time like I remember for all the Harry Potter premieres I used to identify as a Slytherin I now realize I'm a Ravenclaw but like I used to identify as a Slytherin so I would put all green in my hair and go to the premieres and like I loved that I just thought it was so fun I would just like go to work that day with like pink and purple streaks in my hair so I love playing with my hair and doing all kinds of stuff. So yeah, thank you, Amanda. That was a really fun question to answer. And as always, I love you. I appreciate you. And uh, everybody go follow Jessica Simpson Tribute. I actually got another hair question. So I'm going to go ahead and read that. So this is from Jonathan. Now, Jonathan is an amazing Jessica fan because he uploaded much better quality than what was on there before episodes of Newlyweds to YouTube. So I am so thankful to him because anytime I'm doing my episodes on newlyweds, it's just great because I don't even have a DVD player right now. I really have to get one, but I don't have to like pull out my DVDs. Even if I did have my DVD player, I just press play on YouTube. So thank you for that, Jonathan. He asked, what's your favorite Jessica Simpson hair color? I personally love her brown highlights in 01. Okay, so my favorite Jessica look of all time is how she looked on the red carpet of the Janet Jackson icon tribute. I seriously think that she is like the most beautiful girl in the world in those pictures like my brain can hardly even comprehend how beautiful she looks and so yes Jonathan I agree with you that is my favorite Jessica hairstyle of all time my favorite color tone for her it it was a little bit darker during Irresistible like the actual proper Irresistible era because that icon appearance that was in like the spring and then Irresistible came out in the summer and then she did her hair like even darker for Irresistible and I do like that too but I like kind of the transition in between the best. Stunning, stunning, stunning. Thank you for your question, Jonathan. I truly appreciate it. Next, I just got this question and this is such a good question. It's from No Strings Attack and they said, if you were in a room with just JC and he could sing any song to you, which would you choose? Oh my god, just the thought of that is making my, like I have goosebumps. I mean, it has to be You Ruined Me. You Ruined Me is my all-time favorite JC song, which you will hear about because the next two episodes of this podcast are going to be all about the story of Kate. So I am uh, just so excited to talk about that remarkable, remarkable uh, group of songs. I'm not really comfortable calling it an album, although I I do in the episodes. But yeah, You Ruined Me is my favorite JC song. It's one of my favorite JC songs of all time. And I just... Hearing him, my dream is to hear that song live. Actually, I should try to manifest that because if I manifested uh, what happened in Ojai, I'm pretty sure I can do that because You Ruined Me was officially released. So it's not like the other songs that weren't even released. You know what I mean? It is like one of his songs in his catalog. Like even though it's not on Spotify anymore. I mean, it was never on Spotify, but like, you know what I mean? It, it was an official song. So I do feel like there's some chance like if he ever does a solo show, Again, that isn't just like his theater songs. If it's a solo show of his songs, then I feel like it could happen. So let's all manifest that together, man. But yeah, that's the best question I've ever heard. I'm literally going to fall asleep fantasizing about me and JC alone in a room and he's just singing to me. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. So thank you so much for that question. So in Amanda's voice memo, she mentioned Derek and then I was talking about him as well. I'm sure you know Derek, but if you're new to the podcast, Derek is Jessica's biggest fan. He really is. I mean, I know it's hard to like distinguish one person, 
<laughs> but he really is. And I've had him on the podcast a million times. He is a Jessica historian and he's one of my favorite people that I've met doing this. And so he submitted a message as well and he said, I love that the podcast brings together such diverse people and is a place for any and all. That means the world to me, Derek, that that is how you perceive what this podcast is like that is not something I expected to hear like I just never thought of it like that but that is exactly the type of space that I would like to create with this podcast like it is for anybody and anyone who loves pop culture is welcome no matter where you're from who you are what you did as long as you love me you're welcome (laughs) no but you know what I mean like really I this is a safe space so in an alternate universe far far away what male celebs do you wish Jess and Ash dated in the 2000s, even if only for the iconic pics we'd have to look back on. Ooh, that is really interesting. I feel like Jessica would have gone good with somebody from like the WB, you know? Although it would have been fun to see her have a bad boy moment that wasn't like a lame bad boy like John Mayer. Because when I say bad boy, I mean like a guy with like dark long rock star hair and tattoos and leather jackets and ripped jeans and boots and stuff. I don't mean like an actual bad guy. You know what I mean? There's a difference between a bad boy and a and a true bad like a bad man. Like John Mayer, you are a bad man, but you're not like a cool bad boy, you know? I would love if Jessica dated Dave Navarro and if he played guitar on one of her songs. That would be so hot. Like if she was doing one of her like really big runs like in I Want to Love You Forever or something and he was like he was like ripping on the guitar next to her and you knew that they were like going backstage and like having some fun of their own oh baby I'm like fanning myself right now that would be so hot so I think like I'm gonna go against type for both of them so like Jessica needs to date a bad boy and then for Ashley I would want her to date like a clean cut like the opposite of a Pete Wentz with his hair you know straightened in front of his eye and like not somebody from fallout boy or like a pop punk band so let me think a minute on Ashley hmm okay I got it and (laughs) my choice is John Heater the guy who played Napoleon Dynamite Now, I just feel like if we're talking iconic pictures of the early 2000s, imagine how iconic it would be if he and Ashley were spotted together. Like when she had the black hair and her beautiful stunning original nose and was in the thick of the autobiography era, Napoleon Dynamite was huge. It was the most popular movie among teens and it was the most popular movie among people that were the age that you would be obsessed with Ashley, like my age. And he He is like the ultimate good boy. He won't even kiss other women in movies because he's married and, you know, he just feels like it's disrespectful to his wife. So, I mean, I guess he would have to be not married. I don't know if he was married in 2004, but whatever. I just think him with the hair, like especially if he had the Napoleon Dynamite hair, like I'm just picturing him and Ashley walking out of like a building together or something. And it would just be iconic because – They were just so both of the time. Like, as much as I adore Ashley, she's not, like, a superstar right now the way that she was then, and neither is he, right? Like, I don't – I haven't seen him in a movie in years, but in 2004, especially, like, late 2004, early 2005, Ashley Simpson and John Heater were, like, the shit. So that's who I'm 
voting for I know it's hard to imagine her with someone who isn't a musician like I feel like she's just that type of girl that like myself that can only date musicians but I doesn't he play an instrument though or am I wrong I don't know anyway those are my picks so random I know but hey gotta keep it interesting here at the Ashley and Jessica cast so thank you Derek so much for your question and that comment meant the world to me let's listen to another voice memo this is from one of my favorite guests another one of my favorite people that I have gotten to know from podcasting and as I said before make sure you check out his podcast Jesse's Girls so let's hear from Jesse hi Leah it's Jesse Chambliss from Jesse's Girls I wanted to send in a voice note to thank you so much for always just being such a gracious host and having me on your show. We've been on each other's multiple times at this point, and I am, I guess I'm not really new to this podcast game anymore, but (laughs) you definitely were one of the people who showed me grace and was very receptive to connecting with me whenever I started out. I really got into the podcasting world because of TikTok. People found me, which um, still is so humbling and great. And I'm really grateful for that. And I think you and I just got connected because you were on, you know, Planet 2000s and you know some of the other people in this space. So shout out to Michael and some of those others who were able to connect us. And then now we've recorded multiple times, as I said, and it's really great. Um, I really, you know that I am... Uh, an Ashley stan and so I love your Ashley content but um, episode that I really love that you've done there's a few I think your commentary on Jessica as a businesswoman and um, you know her kind of like buying back everything in her name really because she didn't really own it so learning that journey your JC series has been incredible Um, I have really enjoyed that and I've learned so much that I didn't know. And, um, of course, you know, anything Ashley related, I'm down. So, (laughs) um, I'm really excited to have you back on my show next year. We've already talked about a few things that I'm interested in doing and I, um, can't wait to, for people to hear that again. Um, I do have a question for you though, and I'm wondering for you. This is for both Jessica and Ashley, just to go back to your roots. (laughs) But for Jessica and Ashley, what song by another artist do you wish they would have recorded? As individuals, not together. (laughs) We already have, uh, you know, Little Drummer Boy. But I'd love to know, you know, what what, what would have sounded good for them or what maybe would have been a smash hit for them that another artist recorded. Not even necessarily something that they had written and passed on or was meant for them but just something that you think could have been theirs and they would have made it great so much love for you can't wait to continue listening to you in the new year congratulations on how long you've been doing this and how much success you've had in the community that you have built and I will be talking to you very soon Jesse thank you so much that was I'm like smiling ear to ear that was so Wonderful. And yeah, your podcast has been around a while now. I guess neither of us are new to this anymore. We're like the old gals at the card table. So I love this question. And I would really, really, really have loved to have seen Jessica really lean in a little further 
to the ways that she has called out the media in the past. So she did it a little bit within the skin when she has that key change and that rock and roll breakdown when she's like, don't tell me I have to be 102. I ain't got nothing to prove. She did a little bit with um, I Belong to Me, but that was more like in the video where she got angry. I would love to see her have like a full-on reputation Taylor Swift moment in a song where she just slaughters. Like, (laughs) I just want her to clear them, okay? Like, I just want her to – and look so hot doing it too because she obviously is so – hot like she needs an outfit like the eras tour rep outfit like she needs the whole thing and i just want her to pulverize them so i'm gonna say i did something bad by taylor swift it would just be oh it would just be so satisfying like it doesn't even have to be that exact song and i know that that song isn't really about the media it's more about like relationships in taylor's life um Specifically, like, isn't that is that about um, Calvin Harris or Tom Hiddleston? I can't remember. But anyway, that that whole era and album is very much about like the Kim and Kanye stuff and the media and just anyone who had ever gone after her. And I would just love to see Jessica have like a totally dark moment. I mean, not literally with snakes because Taylor did that, but just something like that where it's not sunny like all the girls stepping out for a public affair. Like, I just want to see her ruin someone, you know? Like, I want to see her destroy a career. So that's what I would have liked. Like, I did something bad by Taylor would be perfect. And it would just be great if Jessica did something similar to what Taylor did in the Look What You Made Me Do video where she has, like, her old personas and they're all making fun of each other and saying, like, the typical criticisms of Taylor. They're all, like, yelling at each other. Like, it would be fun if Jessica put on those mom jeans again and her newlyweds earrings and then she could wear, like, a juicy tracksuit and her Louis Vuitton speedy and be that, like, newlyweds era Jessica. And then she could do, like, the um, black leather irresistible and, like, have everybody, you know, have them all screaming at each other. I mean, obviously, I don't want her to, like, just literally copy Taylor, but you're saying if, like, if it never existed for the other artist and, and, like, Jessica just recorded it, um, it would just be funny to see Jessica yelling at herself and Jessica saying, like, you're so fat. And then, um, another version of Jessica, like, with the tuna or something, you know, and, and one of her other personas being, like, you're so stupid. Is it chicken or is it fish? Like, I just would love to see Jessica. I just want her to slaughter every so I would love that and then for Ashley Miss Ashley Simpson Ross Ness for Ashley one of the first songs that I thought of and not just because you are a Lindsay stan like myself but the first thing I thought of was Over which is my favorite Lindsay Lohan song and I mean obviously Lindsay worked with a lot of the same producers as Ashley so it's not shocking that that song would work for Ashley's voice as well I could just hear Ashley's voice like I could hear her wailing on that so perfectly but thinking of a more contemporary song I don't know why I thought of this for Ashley but the more I think about it the more I am obsessed with the thought of it I would have loved if she did Willow's part in Meet Me at Our Spot by The Anxiety I mean I could totally see Ashley having a viral TikTok moment like that that song is one of my favorites of the past 10 years. It is just 
such a vibe. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. I love the harmony. I love Willow's deep, unique voice. And Ashley also has a super unique voice and tone that would fit in so nicely on that song. When I think of Ashley, to me, Ashley just encompasses and encapsulates youth so perfectly. Just her whole attitude, just the younger sister. I do what I want. I'm edgy. I'm not the perfect blonde prom queen girl and I'm not going to listen to you and I'm going to be late for my recording sessions and I don't give a fuck and I have stains on my t-shirt and I'm best friends with all the boys and leave me alone. That kind of thing. I just feel like Meet Me at Our Spot is also such a great encapsulation of youth and just like being young and vibing with your friends and sending a drunk text and like come meet me there let's hang out let's vibe let's take the 45 like I don't know I just could totally hear her on that does anybody agree let me know what songs like I would love if other people could write in and answer that question because that is an awesome question Jesse. so thank you so much for that Okay, this next message comes from Brittany, and she says, Hey, Leah, congratulations on 100 episodes. Thank you so much. It has truly been amazing to listen to and follow your podcast ever since you liked a post I made about Ashley and Pete on my Fallout Boy fan account. I'm so grateful that there are people out there that love Ashley as much as I do, and I love the way you talk about women with no judgment, which is refreshing. Thank you. I try to never be... I mean, I kind of judged Paris. (laughs) No, I feel bad because everyone's like, you're so positive and you're so wonderful. And I was basically like, um, I mean, I just said like, I don't trust her. You know, like I'm just not a Paris fan, but I would never be like, Paris is a nasty bitch or anything like that. I think that's what she means. Like, I don't talk about other women like that. I just feel like, I mean, it's like Tina Fey says in Mean Girls, like if you call your fellow women sluts and whores, it just makes it okay for men to call us sluts and whores like it's no you know what I mean like I'm not that type of girl so anyways thank you Brittany for noticing that and she says here's a question from me if Ashley were to release her own memoir what key moments in her life would you want her to discuss in detail oh my god everything I want to know everything about Ashley Simpson Ross Ness queen of pop punk revolutionary groundbreaking never done before magnificent spectacular Let's see. I mean, I just really do want her to go more in depth into the whole living in the shadow thing. Like, I want specific examples, Ashley. I want to know, like, I want to hear about, you know, Joe and Tina ignoring her because Jessica had to record the Christian album and they were throwing all their money and time into that. And Ashley, you know, they didn't even get Ashley a new pair of ballet shoes or something. (laughs) Like, like, I want to hear. I mean, I hope that didn't happen. But, like, I want to hear about all of it. I would love to hear more about Joe's journey, which probably wouldn't happen because he needs to tell that story not Ashley but I would just love to hear like what like how did she find out that he was gay I mean he lives openly as a gay man he hasn't come out and said the words I'm gay but he lives openly as a gay man so I feel comfortable saying that you know did she know did she ever know I mean did she have an experience like Jessica where Joe literally told Jessica that he was leaving her mother when Jessica was in labor. Worst possible time to tell a woman any type of stressful or upsetting information. That is the moment he chose. Like, are you kidding me? So I would love Ashley. Like, how did Ashley find out about that? Did he tell her that he was leaving his leaving their mother because he was gay? Or did he say, oh, it just is not working out or what? Like, I would love to hear about that. And I want to hear the evolution of living in the shadow. Like, how do you feel today about it, Ashley? Like, do you still feel like you live in Jessica's 
Shadow, I mean, I know that in the song, which was 20 years ago, she wrapped everything up and she's like, you know, life is good. I have more than anyone should and the past is in the past. But still, I don't know. Trauma is not something that you can just tie up in a little bow and close the box and say, okay, we're done with it forever now. So I just think that's interesting. I just want to know more about their dynamic. I loved in the interview that Ashley recently did where she said she said that her and Jessica talk every single day. I wouldn't have known that. I would not have assumed that, to be honest. I really would not have assumed that. So I think that that's wonderful. And I would just love to hear more about what their relationship is like. What was Jessica like as an aunt when she first gave birth to Bronx? Because that was years before Jessica had kids what is her relationship like with Jessica's kids like how close are they all like are the cousins always hanging out are they always just driving over each other's houses and dropping the kids off and dropping them back and I'm just really interested in that and of course I want to hear about the entire Ross family from top to bottom. And speaking of that, speaking of Jess, uh, Jesse's question, I would love for Ashley to go into like a disco direction, like a Diana Ross inspired direction. Like I would love more of like a burning up, dancing alone vibe for Ashley on her new album too. So I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. Back to Brittany's question. I do want to hear about her time with Pete, of course. I mean, I've heard some stuff behind the scenes about why they broke up. And then, of course, there's what Pete has said about it, how his depression really affected the relationship and stuff like that. I mean, Ashley just got married and pregnant so young, like so soon after she was this huge superstar with everything that went on with her solo career, it just was such a shift so fast. I mean, it's just crazy to think that she gave birth like three years after Autobiography came out and she seemed like such a kid in that era, you know? So it's just interesting, like, what was it like becoming a mother for her? And then obviously, like, all the ins and outs of the SNL situation, I mean, we do know a lot about it as it is, but I just wonder, again, like, trauma is not something where you just close the book and you're like, okay, I'm done. Does does it still embarrass her? Like, when she gets a, a thing, a notification, like a pop-up, and people are still talking about it, does that bother her? Does that upset her? Does she laugh? Is she totally over it? Is she um, still embarrassed? Like, does it still bother her? It bothers me. <laughs> So yeah, I'm just, I'm so curious. And I also want to know because one of, actually I think it was the first or the second guest that I ever had on my friend Kat who is psychic. She did a tarot reading on Jessica and Ashley and she was like, did Ashley even want to do her first album or was she like forced into it? And I was like, what? No, of course she wanted to do it. Like she was so passionate about it. You know, she wrote this amazing album with her collaborators and it's still so relevant and timeless and beautiful and amazing and it only gets better. It's like one of the best debut albums of all time. But I'm like, maybe she wasn't as into it as we think. I mean, like I said, she was showing up late to so many of her meetings and recordings and stuff and not giving a fuck about her acid reflux and eating whatever she wanted and not resting her voice and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like they literally show her eating whatever she like, like, you know, and I don't mean eating whatever she wanted in terms of like her body. I mean, like the acid reflux, like her throat, you know, and it's just it's just really interesting. I, I just wonder, does she think that it all happened too soon? You know, maybe she would have had a more consistent singing career if she kind of like came to it on her own. Like was Joe kind of encouraging her a little too much? Maybe she wasn't ready. I don't know. 
I don't know. Very interesting things to think about. So thank you, Brittany, so much for listening and following. And thank you for your question. I truly appreciate it. Okay, now it's time for Anissa's voice message. So you all know Anissa. She is the OG InSync fan. Literally, she is like one of the very first InSync fans. She was friends with Justin and JC and basically, I mean, pretty much all of them right before they went to Europe and blew up. So she has the most amazing stories. If you have not listened to my podcast episode with her, we did a great episode together that everybody loves. And that was, when was that? Like April, May, sometime around there. So you just scroll back a little bit. You'll see it. And yeah, I can't wait to hear what she had to say. So take it away, Anissa. Hi, Leah. It's Anissa. I just wanted to say congratulations on 100 episodes of your Ashley and Jessica cast show. I absolutely love hearing your episodes. I still remember finding your podcast through the InSync fandom, I saw postings about it and I wondered what it was. And I saw that it was an episode about JC Shazay from InSync and me being an InSync fan uh, from the start. Um, I had to see what the episode was about. And I was so impressed by the research you did, by how well you hosted the show and how articulate you were and the sensitivity you gave it and finding out information that I just never knew about our one of our favorite in-sinkers um and so I just I had to reach out to you I just thought I wanted to really commend you on that and it's so nice when somebody you know, sees the work that you put into something and regards it. And that was me with your podcast. And so I just, I reached out to you, not ever thinking about where this could go. And it was just such a pleasure to get to know you through that. And then because of it, we've come to know each other a bit more and become friends. And it's just been such a pleasure going back and listening to some of the past episodes, then hearing the other episodes, and then realizing, wow, InSync is now getting back together, doing a song. And we had spoken about that on the interview you did with me. And it was just so fun. It's been a great journey since then. And I'm just so happy for you. And all the blessings, may they continue. All the magic, may it continue with this podcast and with everything going forward. And we'll see how it goes next. And who knows, maybe next we'll be hearing episodes about a big sync tour or something. Let's keep our fingers crossed and just keep up the great work. And you're amazing. Congratulations again. And I adore you. Bye. Tears in my eyes. Anissa, I adore you too. I'm I that was amazing. That was so heartfelt. I am overwhelmed by that. I love, 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 love 
all the relationships that have come from this podcast. Like sometimes when I have guests on, I literally just talk to them that one time and I never talk to them again and we don't become friends and it's fine. Like I I respect them. They respect me. We do a great episode together and that's it. And other times I have someone on and we become like besties and it's so wonderful and it just makes me feel so blessed like Anissa was saying because – I never would have met her. You know what I mean? Like, how else would I have met her? We don't live in the same area. I mean, who knows? Like, maybe we would have met in some in-sync circles or something. But, like, that's why this podcast is so special to me is that, again, like, when you put yourself out there and you just be authentically yourself, other people who are like that get drawn to you and find you on your journey. And she was one of the first people that messaged me when I posted my first episode about JC. And she was just like, I've, you know, spent time with him and and you, you've nailed it. Like, this is what he is really like. Like, you've done a good job. And I was so floored and honored by that. I didn't expect anyone who knew him at all to comment or anything. I mean, and Yeah, ever since we did that episode together, we have talked very consistently. We have sent each other very, very, very long voice memos, and I enjoy it so much. And I'm just so grateful that I met you, Anissa. And like I said, I adore you too. And everybody has to check out Anissa's book. So I'm so excited because my signed copy is on the way. I feel very honored that I get a signed personalized copy of A Promise Kept by Anissa Garcia. So everybody go check it out. It's like about a woman who meets a movie star and things go from there. I haven't read it yet, but I'm really excited. That's everyone's dream, I think. I mean, at least like, I I don't know about a movie star for me. For me, it's more a musician, like, I don't know, like JC, for instance. I don't know, just throwing a name out there. Um, But yeah, it's just fun to to think about stuff like that. And uh, Anissa definitely has the personal experiences to write about stuff like that. So I can't wait to read it. And yeah, ugh. That go listen to that episode with Anissa if you guys haven't, because that is like, it's fanfic, but it's real. <laughs> Her life is just amazing. So thank you so much for that, Anissa. Okay, this message comes from Jennifer and is another experience that I am so happy for Jennifer and not at all jealous. Uh, (laughs) This is crazy, so listen to this. Hey, Leah, my name is Jennifer and I'm from Rhode Island. I have to say I absolutely love your podcast. I started listening back when you first started and we're only doing newlyweds episodes. I ended up falling off because I have ADHD and listening to podcasts is actually really hard for me. It's always difficult for me to focus on somebody talking for a long period of time, especially if it isn't a conversation and it's just one person talking. You are one of the most engaging people that I have ever listened to. It is not hard at all for me to stay engaged when listening to your podcast, especially the Lindsay series. Now I'm listening to the JC one, even though I was always a Backstreet Boys girl. I do like NSYNC, but I didn't think that I would ever listen to a series this long about a member of a group that wasn't even my favorite. However, the way that you explain everything about JC's life is just so fascinating and I love your passion and enthusiasm. You can tell that you are a true fan of this person and I can't tell you how excited I was when I logged on and saw that you had met him and seen him perform. That was truly a crazy story. You literally manifested that out of thin air and we all have you to thank because those clips of him singing are some of the best vocals I have ever heard in my life. 
Anyway, I have a crazy story for you. So back in the day, I was working at the mall. And when I was walking to my shift at Victoria's Secret, I saw this big crowd of people. I had no idea what was going on, but just thought nothing of it. Then my coworker comes in and says that there's a really cute girl doing a performance down the way and that we should go check it out if I'm able to take a little bit of a break. I hadn't taken my 10 yet, so I went ahead and took it, but it ended up turning into a 20 because I caught the tail end of Britney's performance and then somebody came on stage and announced that she would be signing autographs on the side of the stage if anybody wanted one. My friend and I were standing right on the side of the stage, so we were able to get in line when there was barely anybody in it yet, and we ended up meeting Britney and getting some 8x10s of her signed. All I remember is that she was one of the prettiest girls that I had ever seen. I didn't have any idea how old she was, and when I found out later that she was only 16 or 17 at the time, I literally couldn't believe it. She was one of the most breathtakingly beautiful people I had ever seen in real life, and her smile was so huge, so white, and just so beautiful. I ended up becoming a big fan about a year later, but honestly, at the beginning, I really didn't think that she was going to be a big superstar just because she was performing at the mall, and it wasn't like that happened often. So I gave the 8x10 to my friend who had gotten into Baby One More Time super early and missed the mall appearance. I just didn't really care about it. Anyway, my friend and I ended up having a falling out a couple of years later and I haven't talked to her since. I'm still kind of bitter that I gave the 8x10 to her because it must be worth so much money now and honestly being such a big fan of Britney, I probably would just frame it, hold on to it, and never sell it. I just wanted you to know because I remember you bringing up her mall tour and how much you would have loved to see that. It's so crazy that she started that small and what she ended up becoming. I absolutely love your Patreon and the episodes that you've done on her and I was wondering if you would ever consider doing a Britney Spears series. Congrats on 100 episodes. I love everything that you do and will seriously be listening no matter what the topic is but if the next series is Britney, I will be completely obsessed. It'll probably take over all of my free time but I don't even care. Like I said, you're one of the only people that can keep me engaged with my ADHD. So thank you so much. I love your podcast. I love you and think you are so wonderful, so talented, and so pretty. Thank you. Oh, this is so nice. I'm going to (laughs) cry. Best wishes in everything that you do. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Jennifer, that I'm like, that Okay, for okay. First of all, this is crazy because I actually recently got a message with almost the same story about how somebody was working in the mall, saw Britney perform, got her autograph, and they they said they actually threw it out because they just didn't think she was going to be a big star, which is oh my god, can you imagine? So, that is such a crazy story. Oh my god, I can't believe that you just like met Britney that casual and yeah, of course she would be that gorgeous and I oh my god, I'm just that is an amazing story and I am absolutely beyond flattered and humbled by what you just said in that because I also deal with ADHD. I haven't been officially diagnosed yet and I hate I hate even saying out loud that I have it because I just I just like don't want it to be true. I mean like I just I know I have it but I'm just trying to fight it like so hard because I've never it's only in the past year that I've started to notice that I have ADHD tendencies and so I've been talking to my therapist about it and like trying out I tried out one medication it did absolutely nothing for me um so I don't know I'm gonna try another one but I definitely like I have it I know I have it I mean the thing is it is a superpower in some ways so like 
I identify a lot with that stuff, but then it's just been really, really hard for me to focus on things. So I completely understand what you are talking about. That's one of the reasons why I've only been able to get out like one public episode a month this year is because I have a very hard time focusing on my work sometimes. But anyway, that's another story. I just wanted to explain like why I'm so touched by that because I know what you're talking about. Like, it happens to me more with reading. Like, listen, like when I listen to podcasts, I can easily focus on that. When I am reading though, like I've, I I love to read and I read tons of books and I'm always like, oh my God, I've been reading this page, but I've been thinking about something else and now I have to go back and read it again, but that's okay. Anyway, I just really appreciate that. It may, means the world to me that I'm one of the few people that can keep you engaged and I really hope that I can continue to do that. I already answered the question about the Britney series. If if enough people want it, which I know people are going to want it because it's Britney. I'm sure I like I will do more Britney episodes for sure. Like that's not even a question, but a whole series. I don't know. I would have to really think about that. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. And yeah, maybe you should reconcile with that friend. How bad was the falling out? Like, did she sleep with your husband or is it like, you know, you guys just had a fight? <laughs> I'm guessing if you were a teen working at the mall, she didn't sleep with your husband, but I don't know. That's just the first like thing I thought of that would be a horrible betrayal. So yeah, I don't know. You got to get that 8 by 10 back, girl. Do whatever you can. Shop at her house with like freshly baked cookies and a $100 bill or something. I don't know, something. Thank you so much, Jennifer. I really, really appreciate your submission. And now we are going to go to another voice memo. And this also comes from Across the Pond. Um, I just wanted to say hi, Leah, in response to your um, Patreon request. I am on Patreon. Um, my name is Amy. I just wanted to say that I am from Scotland and I love listening to your podcast whenever I get the Patreon email to say that there's a new episode released. It really sort of brightens up my day. Um, I think why I love it so much, I love how much detail you go into about all your different series that you do. Um, but equally... I never had friends who were as into like pop culture as I am. Um, certainly over in Scotland, some of these things aren't quite as big as they are, I think, over in the States. So listening to you chat in detail really does just brighten my day. Um, it kind of reminds me of a simpler time, sometimes a happier time. Um, when I was maybe in my teenage years, hearing about Ashley and Jessica and Brittany and Tara and Lindsay and all these people who I am totally obsessed with. I suppose I would love to know, how do you decide which series to do? There's so many that you could do. There's so many that I have on my mind that I'd love for you to do. How do you decide which ones you're going to put all that time and effort into? Because we really do appreciate it. And one more, which you um, obviously don't have to include or even consider. Um, but just after I sent that, it crossed my mind. Um, you, you seem to go to so many amazing gigs. I personally love going to gigs myself. Um, I've got loads planned for next year. Um, and I've always sort of gone to lots of gigs. But which, what I wondered was which gig, if there was any gig or concert in the past whenever I suppose that you didn't make it to any tour that you miss what one would you love to go to and why thank you so much I really really appreciate that you can relive some of the fun times of the past with my podcast I hear that so much like exactly what you said how growing up you didn't really have a lot of friends that were as obsessed as you were and that was 
the same thing as me. Like I would literally run into class and be like, oh my God, did you guys hear Ashley Simpson's new single? It's so good. And they would be like, yeah, like calm down. Like it's fine. You know? And I would be like, no, it's not fine. I need to yell at somebody about it. <laughs> like the vocals. Did you see the video? She looks amazing. Like, I mean, I would just be so into it. And it was rare that, I mean, it's still rare that I meet anybody who's on my level. Like that's another thing like what I keep saying doing this podcast has connected me with other people that are so passionate and can talk to me like all night about (laughs) Ashley or something like that and I'm just so happy I'm like yay like you you match my passion it's so hard to find people that are like that into pop culture and it's weird because it's like such a it's a multi-billion dollar business is like pop culture and celebrity and music and movies and tv like you would think there would be more people out there but I just really don't meet that many people that can keep up with my like level of interest in it so I'm so happy that I could share that with all of you and that it makes you happy and brightens your day like ah, it meets the world so as far as your questions how do I decide who to do a series on I think about things for so long before I actually do them I am not a very spontaneous person at all I kind of wish I could be but no I think about things I think about things in detail before I do them so I have in my head right now a million ideas for series because you're right. There are so many people that I could do. So many. And I think about those and I see like who keeps coming back into my mind. Like who can I not stop thinking about? Who am I really genuinely curious about? Like what really tickles my brain? And if somebody keeps coming back into my mind or something keeps coming back into my mind, it's the same way with my own like the way I run my business. Like my business is going great now. I don't have to add anything or change anything. But I have some ideas and some of them come to me and I never think about them again. And other ones just keep coming back into my mind and I can't get rid of them. And that's when I know it's like God or whatever you believe in, the God, the universe, whatever. Like it's like telling me like, nope, that's it, Leah. Like that's what you have to do. You It keeps coming back into your mind. You didn't write it down. You didn't remind yourself. It just is naturally coming back into your head. Then that means you have to do it. So, um, I mean, it was that way with every – I mean, it was that way with this podcast. Like I thought about the podcast for months. I had the idea – to do it around the time I met Jessica, which was February 2020. But I think I even had thought like before then even I was like somebody should do a podcast where they just review all the episodes of Newlyweds. Like I remember thinking that because I was like there's so many interesting like things to talk about within that. And then when I met Jessica, I was like someone should do a podcast on Jessica. It should be me. And then I was like, oh, I it could be Jessica and Ashley. There would be so much to talk about with the two of them. And then I didn't actually start the podcast until October of that year. So that was like more than six months of me just thinking about it. So same thing with Lindsay, like I just thought for so long, like I just think Lindsay's the most fascinating person and I just, it just kept coming into my mind. JC has never left my brain, I think, since the first day I saw him. <laughs> the first time I saw him sing on TV in like 98, I was like, um, who's that? <laughs> who, who is that? <laughs> what? And then I, I hear his voice, I'm like, um, I think I'm forever changed. But yeah, JC is just like very mysterious. I also really like to cover things that are not so widely covered. It just like has to be something that I personally want to dig that deep on. Like it it can't be something that I'm just like, oh yeah, I'll just do the Cliff Notes version or I'll just hit the major points that everybody already knows. No, I like really want to share facts and like really dig and find things. Even with like pictures that I post on my Instagram – I spent a ton of time one night, like I literally stayed up all night looking for pictures of JC because I was like, I really want to promote this series with good, high quality pictures of him. And I don't want to post the same like 
500 pictures that everyone always sees. Like I want to find someone's that maybe, you know, aren't as widely posted or I want to like message the photographers and ask them if they could send the pictures to me. Like there's a lot of pictures from that era that unfortunately are not even online and it wasn't even that long ago. So that so that's the the short answer to your question would be if somebody makes me want to dig deeper then I know I can do the series. And then as far as your second question, that is an amazing question and I think about this all the time. I am so sad that I never got to see David Bowie in the 70s, particularly in the 70s. I mean, I never got to see him live at all, which is one of the biggest regrets. His last tour was when I was 13. And even though I did love him back then, I wasn't as big of a fan. I became a huge like Bowie obsessed fan when I was 17. So I never got the chance to see him in concert and it just kills me because he is – he's probably my favorite besides Taylor Hansen. I think he really – he's my favorite male artist of all time besides Taylor. So I just – it kills me like and I think the one that I would pick is the spiders from Mars like Ziggy Stardust obviously when he was full Ziggy like that just oh I'm actually gonna get emotional talking about like I love him so like I would die to see that there was this exhibit that came to the Brooklyn Museum it's called David Bowie is and it tra- it's traveled the world and then after it traveled the world for years they made it into a digital experience too so I believe you could still download that if anybody would like to see that but when it came to the Brooklyn Museum I went to go see it on my birthday. That was like my big birthday activity that I wanted to do that year. I think it was 2018. And I remember like just the way that they were able to project his concert off of the wall, like just the way that the exhibit was designed. There was this moment where I turned the corner and like it was like a life-size performance of him like it was a video of him performing Starman but it was like life-size like it was like I turned the corner and he was like standing there performing but it obviously he wasn't but it was like just the screen and and I it literally took my breath away like I turned the corner and saw that and heard the music and it just felt like he was standing in front of me performing and I literally remember being like like it's it's David Bowie (laughs) like he's oh my god and it was just such a magical experience um because there were a lot of his performances projected all over the museum, some of them that have been online for a while, and then some of them that were exclusive to the museum and um, that, you know, his estate had provided and and, uh, different networks and stuff had provided that had not been seen since they aired back then. And it was just an amazing moment, like, to stand there with other fans of his, and we're all just standing there watching him perform all together, having a moment, even though he's um, sadly no longer with us uh, I, you know it, it brought him back to life and kept him alive so that was I'm gonna cry I love David Bowie so that's what I would pick I'm I mean there's so many that I wish I could have seen you know uh, but that is the first one that anytime someone asks me that that's the first one that always comes to mind Okay, this message comes from Janelle. She says, Hi, Leah. My name is Janelle, and I found your podcast during your Lindsay series. For all the coverage on Miss Lohan, I feel like nothing is as comprehensive as your podcast. Thank you. I also was so touched at how fair you were to her and Dina. I loved your moments of empathy for addicts and those who have experienced trauma. A lot of the same issues in Lindsay's family exist in mine, and I actually cried during one of your episodes. I love that you will hold her accountable while also being a huge stan. 
IMO, what's unique about you is that you have such a great balance of loving these celebrities while also not being afraid to give genuine opinions and criticism. My question is, how do you deal with haters, especially in the fandom space? I am also in the Jonas fandom, but basically stay quiet on Twitter because I'm super sensitive and do not like the way people can be on there. <laughs> I know you... <laughs> Sorry, I like I know what she means. I know you've been the target of some of that. How do you let it roll off your back? My other question is, what is your favorite Lindsay look or fashion moment? Thank you for this amazing podcast. Well, thank you for listening to my podcast, Janelle, and for this lovely, lovely message. I really appreciate this and also what Katie said too. I forgot to mention that I really liked that you both acknowledged that I am not just a crazy fangirl. Like I will also criticize people where I see fit because they're just people. I mean that yes, a lot of the time they're extraordinarily talented or attractive or charismatic people, but they're still just people. And I don't think there's any celebrity that I just blindly love. I definitely have criticism about like a lot of my faves but I choose to support them anyway because I do see them as people and I'm just like okay well yes maybe they have made mistakes or done this or done that but I choose to focus on the good things about them and that's really how I feel about Lindsay especially because it's not like I don't think Lindsay is at all like a vindictive or cruel person or anything like that I think that she just truly as I explained in my Lindsay series the combination of addiction and trauma from her childhood, I mean, it was the perfect storm for everything that happened to her. What what happened with her life is actually extremely textbook. And if you talk to any psychologist about uh, the likelihood of someone who has addiction in their genes uh, becoming an addict, it's extremely high anyway. But then when you blend trauma with it from childhood, it's almost a certainty that they will become an addict. It's just a matter of basically when and what they will become addicted to. So most of Lindsay's issues are just, they are extremely explainable based on those facts. And for people to treat her like shit and look down on her the way that they have, I just find it so atrocious. So I'm really, really happy that I could approach my series with so much empathy and love for her. I really appreciate her. I just, anyway, um, how do I deal with haters? I don't really have many haters, but anytime there is anything, I'm just, I smile to myself because I'm like, <sighs> I always just remember what somebody much more successful than me told me when I was uh, a teenager, which is when you find success, the vultures come out. And this is true, and this has happened to me in so many different scenarios. This is not the first time in my life that I've been successful or that I've had amazing things happen to me. So I've seen this happen many times, and I can recognize it from a mile away, and it just – it doesn't really bother me because true haters are people that, like, go after you for no reason or just something about you triggers them, and it has nothing to do with you, actually. Especially in the Jonas fandom, a lot of the time it's jealousy because the Jonas Brothers do such amazing things for their fans, but they have so many fans that they can't include everybody. So it's like, of course, there are some people in the Jonas fandom that are mad that I have Nick's jacket and they don't because I became a fan in 2019. I've never even had a fight with anybody in the Jonas fandom, though. I find that they don't really attack me or go after me. They just kind of like ignore me and then will like subtweet or something like that. And I'm like, well, you can subtweet all you want. I still have the jacket. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to change that. So I don't know. It's just – it's – I don't understand why people can't just be happy for other fans. Like I am the kind of person that when I see – like I just love fandom. I think it is so fun. I think it is so 
beautiful. I love seeing people get super excited about their faves. Like, I've been obsessing over this YouTube channel called Chats and Reacts, and it's these two girls, Emily and Bonnie, and they are so cute. They are so pretty and adorable, and they radiate light, and they love Taylor Swift so much. And how much they love her, like, it makes me so happy to see because I, too, have leaned on my faves since I was a kid for joy and happiness and to feel less alone and to feel seen and accepted and to just feel that euphoric moment where you're in the crowd singing along to a song that has shaped you or changed your life in some way or saved your life. And it's just the most amazing feeling in the world. And so I love seeing that joy, like even when, I don't know these girls, but I'm so happy because they love Taylor Swift so much and they do all these reactions to her music and everything she does and it's just so beautiful, like I love it. I love fandom and when I see another fan get something that I wish I could have, I don't really feel jealous. Like I don't feel, well, I don't feel jealous in like a dark way. Like I'll be like, oh my God, I'm so jealous. That is so cool. But I see it more as like, oh my God, if it happened to you, it could happen to me because we're all just fans, you know? There are some people who think that I have some connection to the Jonas Brothers, and I really don't at all. They are just that kind to their fans. They go out of their way for their fans in a way that I have really not seen anybody else do, um, and it's just unbelievable. Like, I I completely understand why people think that I must know them or something like that because of the experiences that I've had, but I always reiterate, no, I don't have any personal connection to them. I'm not at all. I don't know them at all. They are just that kind to their fans and they make sure that their fans are taken care of and they make sure that their fans feel appreciated and I do genuinely feel appreciated. And you know what? They're geniuses because do I believe that they're genuine and that they really do enjoy giving back to us and creating magical experiences for us? Yes, I do believe it's genuine. But you know what? Because of the things that they've done for me, even if they released three albums in a row and I thought the music was shit, I would still support them. I would still buy the music. I would still go to the concerts. And I probably would still buy the merch and stuff too. Why? Because they've done so much for me. I am so happy to support them and I love supporting them and there's a lot of fans that are like oh they're doing money grabs and stuff like why do they have to have Jonas chocolate and all this kind of stuff because they're building an empire they're trying to build like a whole store you know what I mean like they are gonna have they're gonna have an empire and you know what they deserve an empire because they're three of the kindest people in the world so yeah I mean I feel really bad because I do like I don't this is gonna sound so arrogant I'm not sensitive so like I like if someone comes at me I'm just like okay like I'll handle it and then I'll move on with my day like it doesn't bother me you know what I mean I either handle it or I totally ignore it but either way I move on with my day so I definitely feel for people like you that are that like if they get one negative comment toward them it like really bothers them and I guess it's good that I (laughs) got bullied as a kid because I feel like that toughened me up and now I'm just like Someone like a hater is just a person on a screen like to me they're they're not even real because I don't have to deal with them in my life you know it'd be one thing if I like had to work with someone who was a hater and was constantly like going after me and bothering me and I had no choice but to see them and interact with them but they're they're just people on screens like just block them or mute them it's fine move on yeah so that's how I feel about that and then as far as Lindsay's best look immediately I knew it came to mind the white dress inspired by Marilyn Monroe that she wore to the Mean Girls premiere 
she was just so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Like, this is before a lot of the bad stuff in her career and her life happened. And she just looks so happy and fresh. And, like, you can just tell that she was living her best life that night, you know? Like, you could just tell that she was, like, walking that red carpet and she was like, oh, my God, I made this awesome movie. I'm a fucking movie star. I'm making millions of dollars. I'm slaying. Like, it's just – like she just looks her hair oh my god the hair is so the hair is so luscious and red it's like the perfect shade of red and it's just it's styled so good and her makeup is perfect and she just oh my god radiant radiant woman okay so this next voice memo comes from my friend jackie who is ashley simpson's biggest fan like in the same way that derek is jessica's biggest fan Jackie is Ashley's biggest fan to the point where, like, Ashley knows her and, like, will DM her and stuff like that. It's everything. It's the coolest thing in the world. And Jackie is one of the people that I've actually met in person because of the podcast. And, again, like, I know I keep saying this. I'm just so thankful for, like, all the friends I've made and the people that I've met because we're such kindred spirits. And, like, it's just so funny because I feel like when people listen to my podcast, they immediately feel like they know me because – they've like listened to me talk so then when we meet like we just talk like there's literally not like a lull in the conversation at all because like we just feel connected already because I've talked so much on the podcast they're like oh I know her like I know what she's like and they just like I don't know like that's how I felt when I met Jackie like I met her we met at the hideaway which is Evan Ross's restaurant the first time that we met and we just like literally like talked the whole time and had like I feel like everybody that I meet off the internet there's no awkwardness ever it's like the easiest thing and then when I meet people in real life I don't know what to say <laughs> like when I meet them in real life first <laughs> you know what I mean like when you have the internet it's just helpful I don't know anyway I'm so excited to hear what Jackie had to say hey Leah it's Jackie I want to congratulate you on your 100th episode of your podcast the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm so proud of you. And honestly, your podcast is probably my favorite of all time, not to be biased since it's about the Simpsons. And I mean, a podcast that covers the Simpsons and NSYNC, can you get any better than that? I would say one of my favorite episodes is the episode about the NSYNC fan that met the boys during the Mickey Mouse Club times, I thought it was literally like the coolest episode just hearing what it was like getting to know them before stardom and what they were like and the fact that she found their phone number and would call and leave them voicemails, that's insane. And I mean, they would call her back. That's like the coolest thing ever and just the relationship that she built with Justin and JC and I mean I was nine years old when NSYNC started getting popular so I can't even imagine what it was like you know being around their age and going to Disney World with them like it's such like I don't know you just really helped to paint the picture of you can like visualize what it was like and it's just the coolest thing ever so it's definitely a, a highlight episode for me Obviously, I love all of the Ashley episodes, but lately I've been super into the NSYNC ones and I thought I knew basically everything about NSYNC, but it turns out 
there's more and you do such a great job at really pulling together all the facts and painting a picture and covering everything there is to know about the topic that you're you're covering and you are literally the best and I look forward to every episode when it comes out and doing deep dives on my favorite guys and my favorite Simpsons and just reminiscing about old episodes of the Ashley Simpson show and so lucky to have been a part of a couple episodes myself so lucky to have made friends with you and with Derek and our little Simpson community and I can't wait for all the future adventures hopefully we have in the coming year with NSYNC, with Ashley, with Jessica. Hopefully we get it all in 2024. I can't wait to see what happens and hopefully I get to spend time with you and Derek and we all get to celebrate a ton of new music and a couple of tours that are gonna take all our money and I can't wait. Oh my gosh, Jackie, I'm scared for 2024 because Jessica and Ashley, like they've both confirmed new music. If anybody out there doesn't know, that's what she's talking about. And Jessica's confirmed tour. And then in sync, I mean, let's just say I, you know what? I'm not even going to say anything else because I don't even want to get in trouble from sources. But like, yes, we are going to be spending all of our money. And I absolutely cannot wait. I don't even. It's, oh my God. I like, Honestly, I hope that Ashley waits until 2025 to tour because like there's just too much going on. But at the same time, yes, I want it all. So <laughs> no, I'll definitely be there. If Ashley books any show anywhere, I will be there. So, and I know Jackie will be too. So um, Jackie also is a huge part of why 2023 was amazing because one of my favorite nights of my whole year this year is when I got to go to the Magic Castle, which is a members-only amazing literal castle in Hollywood that is like 100 years old. And just look it up. It's It's the coolest place in the world, but you can't get in unless you are a member or a member gets you in and so Jackie got me in and that was iconic like I was so excited that I finally got to go to the Magic Castle I've wanted to go there forever it's like an institution it's like a Hollywood landmark so I had so much fun there and I I want to go back like you know what I would love to go there for my birthday I feel like that would be an iconic birthday but when I was at the Magic Castle there's a piano playing ghost named Irma and she knows every song in the world. And so it was the day before I was going to see JC and Jackie is obsessed with NSYNC just like me, as you heard in the voice memo. And so I was like, I wonder if she knows NSYNC. And I asked her if she knew NSYNC and she implied yes, because she doesn't speak. She is a ghost. She just plays – like you can't see her. She's invisible. So she just plays music. And um, she like implied like, yeah, you need to be more specific. Like what song? And I was like, how about Bye Bye Bye? And she literally played Bye Bye Bye. And Jackie and I sat there and sung along to it. it, it like it was so fun. And I knew I was seeing JC the next day, but I wasn't really sure what he was going to do or like if I would meet him or anything. And it was just like I was so excited. And it was just the best. Like I had so much fun. So thank you so much, Jackie for that amazing voice memo and for taking me to the magic castle it it was so fun and you really helped make my trip magical on a trip that already was like I was batting a thousand you you made it even better somehow um 
And yeah, I'm just so happy I met you and thank you so much. And that episode she was talking about, that was the episode, that was Anissa's episode that I already plugged and told you guys that you have to listen to if you haven't already. So don't take my word for it. Take Jackie's word for it. And Jackie's had some really amazing experiences with Ashley and like other faves. So if she's impressed, it's really good. Okay, so this next message comes from one of my most loyal listeners and followers. His name is Paul. He is one of Jessica's biggest fans, and he actually coined the term Jesse Birds because Jessica's fans don't really have a name, right? Like we don't have a Swifty or a Belieber type of title. So Paul coined the term Jesse Birds, and he always tells me that if I ever meet Jessica again, he really wants me to tell her about it. I can't promise that only because I don't know if I can think straight when I meet Jessica because I love her so much. It's I, I but you know, honestly, I think Paul, you should be the one to tell her about it since you came up with it, and I just feel like she would love you and think that you're so adorable and lovely because you are. So he said, my most favorite episodes are anything about our queen Jessica and how she's a celebrity role model. Yes, I do think Jessica's a great role model. He says, the special advantage of being a Jessica fan is to adapt to anything else of the pop culture like loving Taylor Swift, JC, Hanson, and other pop culture favorites and still connect back to our Jessica. As much as we love pop culture and our own favorite celebrities, there are some celebrities that we wish to pick on, like Kanye West, John Mayer, Tommy Mottola, and other celebrenemies. I enjoy that too, Paul. You're very good at uh, coining terms. And yes, I will always, always shade Kanye West because we do not stand anti-Semitism in this house. And we also do not stand people who grab microphones out of 18-year-old, adorable, gorgeous, talented, flawless Taylor Swift's hands for no reason. We don't like him at all. And John Mayer, that is, I mean, I couldn't stand him before because of Jessica, but now that we have... Now that I'm a Taylor stan and we have that, com- like, John Mayer is a seriously messed up individual and I feel for him, honestly, because he has to be, like, we're talking about these haters, he has to be the most miserable human being on the planet to treat people the way that he has, honestly. Paul says, I love how most episodes are two to sometimes three hours long, so we get in-depth into pop culture to the maximum level. Because I love the podcast so much, I give it a 10 out of 5 Jesse Birds. <laughs> yeah, so when we do Newlyweds or Ashley uh simpson show episodes i always rate them at the end of the episode and my guest rates them as well and we rate them one out of five something from the episode so like one out of five cans of chicken of the sea or whatever so paul is always rating things and i enjoy it and he says that's why i love you and your podcast thank you so much paul he did ask me when i'm going to see jessica again in person and i don't know because she doesn't have any events scheduled right now or anything like that but as soon as she schedules tour dates or she announces something that i can go to i will absolutely go and be there He also asked, what are my top five favorite colors that Jessica looks beautifully dressed in? I think Jessica looks amazing in green. I think green is her color. Of course, we always love her in black. Black is my favorite color to wear. I love black and gold together. So, of course, she looks gorgeous like that too. I love when Jessica wears pink. Pretty in pink always. And then any warm tones. Like I think Jessica looks amazing in warm tones. And as gorgeous as she looks no matter what her makeup is, I miss her old makeup artists. Like the way that they used to do her makeup with warm tones. I think because she has brown eyes, it's just so 
like when she would have like a peachy pink lip and like peachy pink blush and minimal eye makeup oh my god most gorgeous thing ever and then he also asked for my thoughts on the year 2024 being 2004 reborn i'm all for it i am all for it i think it is the most beautiful symmetry that Jessica and Ashley, the last time that they had albums come out in the same year was 2004 because obviously Ashley came out with Autobiography and Jessica came out with the reissue of In the Skin. And now in 2024, they will also have new albums coming out. And it's 20 years later. That is such beautiful symmetry. I love the concept of symmetry. That's just a random fact about me. So anything like that that I think is like coming full circle is just so – it tickles my brain in a way that I can't explain. So thank you so much, Paul. Thank you for being a Patreon subscriber. Thank you for following and listening and always being so kind. Your messages really do make my day. So thank you. All right. So we're going to wrap things up now. This is such a great question. This is from Andrew. Andrew is one of my earliest listeners. I've been chatting with Andrew for a really long time. So thank you, Andrew, for always following and listening. And his question is, what has been your favorite episode of the podcast and what episode would you redo if you could? This is a perfect question for me to set up an announcement. So you know how Taylor Swift... I promise not everything is going to relate back to Taylor Swift, but like I'm obsessed with her. Okay, so you know how Taylor Swift is re-recording her albums because of some shitty people? I'm not going to get into that whole story. If you don't know it, look it up. It's a crazy story. Anyway, she's re-recording her albums, well, her first six albums, and I am going to be doing something similar on a a bit of a smaller scale. I, I know it's hard to believe I'm not as big as Taylor Swift, but... I am going to be re-recording my first episodes. So I'm going to be re-recording like 20 episodes. And I'm so excited about that. I cannot wait to get those out. I've already been working on them behind the scenes. And they are going to be replacing the ones that are currently there. So if you would like to hear those episodes, you should listen to them now because they will be going away and they will not be available. So I'm very excited. They're going to be Leah's version. Like I'm literally going to put in parentheses Leah's version. And I can't wait, especially the first two episodes because the first two episodes, I hadn't really figured out the audio yet. So the audio is really bad. And the first two episodes are like some of my most listened to episodes because a lot of people when they discover the podcast, they like to go back to the beginning and start from the beginning and I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, I hope people don't think, like I hope they read the description and that they see that that was a mistake I made and that was not the quality of the podcast all the way through. So what episodes do I want to re-record? I want to record all the, re-record all the ones um, at the beginning and I will be doing that and I'm very excited about that. And then my uh, favorite episode, this is hard, like so many people asked me this It's hard because like I have favorite episodes that I think are just genuinely really, really good. Like I'm super proud of this podcast. I don't feel the need to be modest about it. I'm like, I love my own podcast. Like I really think I made something almost for myself. Like I made this podcast because it didn't exist and I wanted it to exist. Like it's something that I would have loved to find. So there are some episodes that I'm just like, that is an amazing episode. And then there's other episodes that 
it's not that they're as good as others, but I had so much fun recording them because I was doing it with an amazing guest or like a good friend or something like that. And I just love having those things documented. Like it's so fun to have conversations with your friends documented that are also like interesting thought-provoking conversations that other people can listen to and get something out of. It's just so rewarding. And then there's like the third section of episodes which are just like about something amazing. Like one of the first things that comes to mind is when I did the InSync emergency episode because I was talking about how I went to the fucking VMAs and saw InSync reunite in person and saw them present an award to Taylor fucking Swift. Like are you kidding me? But it's not that the episode is bad at all, but it's not it's it's not the best episode. It's just me like sharing my experience and then talking about like all the other stuff that was going on with InSync at the time, which was just so exciting. I was on like this huge natural high. So it's not that that episode is my best episode. I it's not. But it's just the experiences that I was talking about are just I mean as I've said many times, if you told me that I would have been doing that, seeing InSync reunite at the fucking VMA, I would have died. Like, that's insane that I did that. I still can't believe that even happened. So that's one of my favorites. Um, I really think, I really do love my autobiography and In This Skin series. So I did two episodes on In This Skin, which is Jessica's, uh, I think Jessica's best album. It's like her opus, in my opinion. And then Autobiography, I did three episodes on, right? We did three. I just love talking about music. Like I love, like I did In the Skin with Derek and Michael and they're both huge Jessica fans, but like Michael is more of just a general like music fan. Like he is such a big fan of so many people. And then Derek has the perspective of like he's the Jessica expert. And I feel like I'm like somewhere in the middle. You know what I mean? So that's like a perfect dynamic. And then um, with autobiography, I did Michael and Jackie because like I said, in the same way that Derek is the biggest Jessica fan, Jackie's the biggest Ashley fan. So I just love those dynamics. I love talking to people about music. And I really do love my Lindsay series. Like, I think, I really think my Lindsay series is so good. Like, I think if I had to submit an episode or something, like, say I was, um, I don't know, like, I was trying to get a job at, like, a podcast network or I was trying to become a part of a podcast network and they were like, send us an episode you think is really good. I would probably re-listen to the Lindsay series from beginning to end and pick one of those. Oh, also what's coming next for the podcast, I always said I was going to, do um like a patreon series about Lindsay's oprah show and i want to do that too so these are just like some of the many ideas that i have and like who knows how much time i'll have but if you guys want all this stuff to happen i'm not trying to like beg for money but like please subscribe to the patreon because the more like actual money that i make from this the more i can justify like spending my time you know what i mean because like all this stuff does take ridiculous amounts of hours and I love it so much, but I just like can't justify like it's it's not me being like, please pay me. It's just like I you know what I mean? Like if this was more of like a legit paying job that I could like pay my bills with, then I could be like, OK, I'm going to like not do my full time job as much. And because it's my company, so I can take steps back when I want to. But it's like also I can't because I need money to live. So it's like, <laughs> you know, like so if you want more stuff, please subscribe to the Patreon because also the bigger the Patreon gets the more inspired I am to like do better and better episodes because sometimes when I, I make a Patreon episode, I'm like, oh, I wish I was releasing this publicly because 
there's just more people that'll hear it publicly but also I love my Patreon subscribers so much and they're paying so they deserve the best content at the same time so I don't know it's just a like it's a lot anyway so yes thank you so much for that question Andrew and thank you for following and supporting last but not least Derek did not only send me a message with a question in it he also sent me a voice memo and we are going to have this voice memo close out the episode because nobody's going to be able to follow it it's the best voice memo ever so <laughs> i'm going to present it without context but first i just want to give another huge thank you to all of you guys for listening to my podcast i am beyond grateful i know i explained it a lot at the beginning of the episode so i'm not going to take any more time up explaining it again but I am just so grateful. This means the world to me to have this outlet and to have people that enjoy it so much. It literally keeps me going just knowing that there's people people out there listening to my podcast possibly right now as I am recording this. There's people listening to other episodes and I see those numbers go up all the time and I think, wow, like so many people listen to my podcast this week and I haven't had an episode out in three weeks. Like that's awesome. It really makes me feel productive even when I'm not and it makes me feel like the last – I mean, my whole life, like my whole life of obsessing over pop culture and logging all of this information in my brain, it makes me feel like I was preparing for something my whole life. All of the things that people said were frivolous were not. It ju it's just unbelievable. It means the world to me. So thank you so much for listening and supporting. Special thanks to my Patreon subscribers. And I will see you guys very, very soon. The two JC episodes that are coming, they're almost done. So like it's not going to be a month wait or anything like that. They're coming out very, very soon. So get excited. Get ready because we're going to cover the story of Kate. I'm so excited to cover the story of Kate. I can't wait for you guys to hear these episodes. They're so good. Okay. So thank you again to everyone. I truly appreciate you. And without further ado, take it away, Derek. Woo! Congratulations to starting 2024 with your – hundredth episode Ashley and Jessica cast slash Leah slash Capri Moon slash Capri Sun. I hope that the podcast makes it to a thousand and you keep celebrating and in lieu of a question or message I decided to try and sing along to your intro. Mwah. We have both Jessica and Ashley coming together. That belongs to me. Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey. All you newlywed couples out there, can you imagine allowing a camera crew to follow you around day and night? Which chicken would I have or is this fish? Hey, what's up? I'm Ashley Simpson. Please welcome Ashley Simpson. You make a wanna lie in the kitchen on the floor. Jessica Simpson. You're so irresistible. Oh, what up, Ashley Simpson? Right here on the VIP. Ashley Simpson, I'm. Cause I am me. And I want to be a role model too. I'm gonna love. Baby, just ask me. Now it's time to take a peek.
Jessica and Ashley. Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Capriya Moon. That's at C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessica on Instagram and at Ashley Jessica on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear Ashley and Jessica at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.